Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring, from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! Silver and gold is back in your ear holes. I am the loaf, and with me, Dr. Zahn. Shakazoo! I've been wearing the same tank top t-shirt for about three days. It's smelling right, people. Uh, This week on the show, we're doing WW and the Dixie Dance Kings. And our ticket to Hawaii. And we'll get to those soon. Zahn, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, not much to report. Nope. It's hot. It was. It was. I went on vacation, and it was so hot that um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just. I, I'm. I assume, I'm pretty sure that when we used to go on vacation when I was a kid, it was that hot. Maybe it's just that I'm getting old, and I, I like air conditioning. I love air conditioning, yeah. and. It broke again at work last week. Yay! Yay! Yep. So the day that it broke, um, there was, you know, obviously it was a little late to do anything about it then, and the temperature got up to about 85 inside. And, uh, of course, they, they stay open. Yeah. Of course, people still pour in and complain about the heat. Yeah, literally pour in. They're probably everybody, And everybody's probably stinky. They just ooze through the door. Yeah. And, um... So it's still broken. They have to replace the whole unit, but they have this crazy, like, giant box they put in there with uh, it's water cooled. So they had the, they drilled a hole in a wall and ran a, two hoses through it back to the janitor's closet where there's a like the mop mm-hmm. sink, and they just <laughs> they have the hoses hooked up to that, and it just pumps water through it, and it's surprisingly cooling the entire store. Well, so. shit. Then you can yeah. complain. Well, except there's this big ugly box in the floor that's in the way of a lot of shit. In, in the way, so speaking of big ugly boxes, no, I was going to talk about some of the people that I saw at the beach. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Even I'll tell you what I saw some large and lovely women, and there were several of them that, you know, were not so lovely. Had nice knockers and uh, and were pretty. You know, one I said she kind of looked like Anna Nicole Smith. Uh-huh. Um, she was big, but she, you know, had big titties, and they were on display too. Then nice. the one looked like Dusty Rhodes. Um, <laughs> her body, and Rest she in peace, Dusty Rhodes. And the, yeah, just, well, that, let me tell you something, baby. Uh, yeah, that was kind of a shock. 
That was yeah. out, of, out of the blue, you know, the, the Dusty Rhodes. We always do the Dusty impersonation, baby. We like the Dusty Rhodes yeah. on the show, baby. Gotta bring it down. And uh, I, I, I listened to Ric Flair yeah. the other day, and he was saying that Dusty was sick. Or yeah. at least he thought so, because, like, he would... And like you know how he was so skinny when we saw him last year, he thinks that was part of it. Yeah, I had heard um, some people say that he had been sick, yeah. and then he fell. And then when they took when they took him to the emergency room, that all all of a sudden everything just went you know all the shit hit the fan at once. Yeah, and they and he just you know really just plummeted and they couldn't do a thing. But so anyway, last night, Daddy. I was watching a match between uh, Dick the Bruiser and uh, the Crusher versus Dickie Murdoch and Dusty Rose Baby. And, and it was back when they were the, the Texas Outlaws. And they were the nice. bad guys. And Dirty Rhodes had a – he had a crew cut. And uh, they got they got beat from pillar to post. It's <laughs> like Dick the Bruiser and the Crusher were the were the like this big tag team. They were like the Road Warriors before the Road Warriors, and they were supposed to be like these um, um, prototypical blue collar uh, mm-hmm. guys that hung out at the bar and would carry like a beer barrel on their shoulder, listen to the polka, and beat the fuck out of people. <laughs> and, and chomp on a cigar and everything, like a comic book character almost. And I watched them wrestle the Texas Outlaws, Dirk, Dick Murdoch and Dirty Rules, and uh, the Valiants, the Blackjacks, and Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkle. And every match was sort of the same. The bad guys sort of got some... Got some uh, They'd, they'd have to double team one of them, get him in right. the corner and beat him down. But for the most part, they would just beat people from pillar to post. They'd just grab <laughs> them by the hair and like smash them into the cage or smash them from turnbuckle to turnbuckle. And Everybody all, loved it. It was great. The, it was like in Chicago and all the fans, you know, they said the fans would start chanting, kill, 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 <laughs> kill, kill during the preliminary matches. It was that, you know, like, crazy back then when people thought that Rathlin was uh, was the the real deal, real dealio, daddy. We shouldn't have said something about Dirty Roads because now, for the rest of the podcast... We're going to want to talk in the Dirty Roads I'm going to be lisping all the way through. Yeah, baby. baby. So anyway, Dirty Roads passed away. And, uh, you know, that was just one of those deals. Did did it not make you feel weird? Yeah, it, it did because it's like... You realize, like, fuck, I was like, when you grow up watching somebody yeah. and all of a sudden you just hear, like, I was at work and um, there was, like, a Triple H, I checked Twitter. Yeah. And, it, like, he had a picture of Dusty Rhodes and, like, you know, rest in peace, Dusty I was like, what? Huh? And uh, then I, lo- I saw it and WWE.com posted it and I'm like, what the fuck? Well, the thing is, it makes me feel really sad. And then I would say something to, like, my mom or something, you know, Dusty Rhodes, and she's just like... Like, you know, and I'm like, and even in that case, you know, you know that. Why do you like that fake shit? That's exactly, I mean, this was kind of like, like, they don't even want to say anything because they didn't agree. They didn't like that I watched it. I was like, how stupid. Christ <laughs> sakes, you know, you could at least just say, oh, God, you know, because, I mean, there were times when they would be watching it and, mm-hmm. and, and knew who, they knew who he was and everything. It wasn't like they didn't know who he was. 
but I don't expect them to like cry, but they could have just said, Oh God, that's, that's, you know, God, how old, or just even say, God, how old was he? You know, or whatever. But Nothing. anyway, whatever. Dirty rules. He's gone up to the sky and he's going to be wrestling. Uh, he'll be wrestling. Andre the giant Andre. in heaven, baby. <laughs> yeah. He'll wrestle somebody. Dirty rules. Thund- he was a Thunderbolt cheater. Pat- he could never it's- beat the funks, no matter what. <laughs> Uh, Ernie Ladd, he'll be wrestling. Yeah, Ernie, Ernie Ladd. As soon as he walks through the pearly gates, Ernie Ladd's going to hit him with a thumb in the throat. Grandpa Ernie. Yeah, there you go. Wait, what? Um, what have you been watching this week? I did not watch a lot because I was on vacation, but because it was so hot, there were several times where we were kind of uh, stuck in the room. Yeah. They had Turner Classic movies down there, which I don't have. And uh, I saw a few films um, while I was there. I won't mention that I, uh, you know, and also I'm with my mom, right? So Emma <laughs> with Gwyneth Paltrow, I won't mention that. And I won't mention the breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. I'm not going to mention Would you like them? If you, if you were to have mentioned them, would you enjoy them? The breakup is a movie that I don't like to watch. I have seen it before, and uh, because sometimes. I am a depressed, quivering mess. It's not that funny, and it's very depressing because yeah. it goes through the whole deal with with splitting up with someone that you like live with, and and how I it had, just falls. Apart. I had one of these moments yesterday. It wasn't a movie, but I was cleaning out a closet and I found some old letters. And, you and I was just like, "Fuck a duck," you know. Like I forgot I even written them. Yeah. And like I never gave them into anybody. They just they were. It was like I was thinking when I was at the beach about songs because I would we listened to uh, Sirius on the way down, and me and my mom's in the car, so I put it on the bridge, which has like you know like James Taylor and mm-hmm. uh, they'd have the Eagles and stuff like that. But it was like kind of I don't know how to put it, but and uh, stuff like that, Jim Croce and shit like that. So we're kind of like singing along and stuff and listening to music. And you hear these songs. I always said the worst thing you can do when you have a breakup is listen to any fucking music at all. <laughs> because every song is about somebody getting hurt or somebody lost love, blah, blah, blah. Um, unless you're listening to Jimmy Crack Corn and I Don't Care. And then you should just march around with a big smile on your face going, Jimmy Crack Corn and I Don't Care. <laughs> you know, but who's going to do that? You look like a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I can't remember what I was like. Well, there were certain ones that I would hear that were from like the early 70s. And I just, it would just like, I would just get this feeling about being in our station wagon when I was a little kid yeah. on the AM radio. You know, you could almost all of a sudden just the smell and the feel and everything, it brings back all these memories. But we're just all, you know, a bunch of electrical impulses and uh, in, in a meat sack full of goo. We'll be worm food someday yeah. soon. So anyway, I watched this movie called Inside Daisy Clover from 1965. And I f- turned it on, and I was like, fuck, there's Robert Redford. What the fuck is this? Well, they kept showing this girl, and my mom's like, who's that? Who is that? <laughs> who is that? I don't know who that – she looks like shit. Who is that? Well, it was <laughs> Natalie Wood. Well, and I couldn't tell who it was at first either because she she plays Daisy Clover, and Daisy Clover's like a tomboy, and then she gets discovered by Hollywood. It's like all of a sudden she gets thrown into this machine of glamour and all this net. 
but it's really not very good. It, and also a Christopher mm. Plummer, who I really like in it, Roddy McDowell, Ruth Gordon plays her mom. Um, but it's interesting. It's one of those ones that's on like a Warner archives. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I just didn't like it. <laughs> I don't yeah. like how they, how it was. I think if they did it today, it would be better. Because like it seemed like one of those movies like uh, I don't know she was she like I said she was kind of like a um, from the other side of the tracks and then Robert Redford's out there and and he was very young and he's like oh Miss Daisy Clover you're like a a a a babe in the woods and blah 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 and the 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 dialogue seemed really crappy fuck it I mean you know if you, you know, uh, somebody said that it was interesting because if you watch it, you get to see uh, they shot it all. Like she becomes like a movie star and stuff. And so they, the way they shot it, you get to see the behind the scenes of all uh, like Warner's studios. Right. But yeah. Blah. Blah. Uh, and uh, for the most part, Natalie Wood looked like shit to me the whole, <laughs> and I was like, why is everybody all bonered up for her? You know, I don't, I don't get it. But I've seen her in other movies where she was nice and perky, and you're like, God damn, you know, chomp, chomp, chomp. Um, and she was also, well, that was, she was in that one with Robert Redford, and then they were in another one. Um, I can't remember what it was called, though, and Charles Bronson was in that one. He he kind of had a, a a smaller part. Uh, you know, not a huge, not a not a small, small part, but you know, whatever. Um, now this one I turned on and, and my mom was like, watch it. And, and I was like, wonder what this is. It's Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon. And she goes, that's Irma LaDouche. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> she goes, Irma LaDouche. Like she knew what it was and had seen it. Now this is funny. And I liked, I liked it. It's very lighthearted. And it's, it was made in 1963. And it's a Billy Wilder movie. <clears throat> so he always made really good stuff. But the funny part of it is watching is the um, what it's – first of all, what it's about. Uh, Shirley MacLaine's a prostitute, and the way they handle like that subject matter back then is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And like they have pimps and prostitutes and shit throughout this movie. Um, Jack Lemon is a policeman, He and he's like – the the rookie the new guy like barney fife kind of like who is gonna enforce all the laws while the other cops are like hey you know if they want to give you a couple of bucks you know this they're just working don't you know whatever and he's like nope we're gonna enforce the law and everything well the other funny thing other than the fact that it's a lighthearted look at prostitutes and pimps and shit (laughs) is that it takes place in france and jack lemon is supposed to be french uh, he's right. Nestor Patu, and Shirley McLean is Irma LaDouche, of course, whatever. But anyway, I thought it was funny. Um, he actually becomes her pimp, but it's funny. It's uh, it's it's done in a. It's not like like how it would really be. Like he takes a switchblade out and cuts. Shirley MacLaine's face for not giving him all the money and shit. <laughs> you know, it's not nasty. It's all done, you know, like right, in a right. fun way. It's fun. It's, it's, white, it's white slavery done in a fun way. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> then, for some reason, I watched Skeleton Key uh, from 2005 with uh, Kate Hudson and Peter Sarsgaard. And um, 
this also had John Hurt, who doesn't say sh- two words in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> uh, he's kind of catatonic. Um, it's a scary movie, and my mom kept going, what is this? What is this? <laughs> that, that's always good to watch. Yeah. What are you watching? What is this stupid shit? Um, so <laughs> flip it back to Emma with Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, <laughs> so then um, this one isn't bad. I didn't think so. But then when I posted it, like a lot of the people from our neck of the woods don't seem to like it. I like the payoff at the end. And mm-hmm. I had seen it before and I forgot what the deal was. Got a lot of voodoo stuff going on in there. Um, but, you know. Could, you could do worse. Uh, I watched Edge of Tomorrow with my mom, which nice. was funny because, you know, they do the same thing over and over and over. <laughs> and she's like, didn't we just see this? What are <laughs> yes. they doing? What's, yes. You know, I'm like, and then I kind of had to try and explain to her. But this is a good movie. Emily Blunt's awesome. Love it. There's nothing better than a hot, badass chick. And she has a great ass. Um, Bill Paxson was great. We've talked about that one before. Uh, another mom Turner classic movie. Now I tried to get her to watch these movies because they're like her from her time and shit. Mm-hmm. And she's still like, what's this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> 1954's magnificent obsession. And this was, uh, directed by Douglas Sirk. Sirk. And it stars Cirque. Jane Wyman, who I believe was married to the fucking piece of wood that was Ronald Reagan at one time, mm-hmm. before before he met Mommy Nancy. Um, and it has also stars her and Rock Hudson, Agnes Moorhead, and uh, who was the dude? Whatever, I don't care. It's, I'm not gonna look up. Um, <laughs> now, in this one, um, Rock accidentally kills somebody in an accident he's like a rich guy and he's kind of a douche like uh it'd be like uh when francis ford coppola and ryan o'neill's kid were out on their boat you know just going nuts and everything and somebody gets killed and this guy that um he rock gets hurt and they're trying to bring him trying to save him and they have this new thing that um the new medical thing to try and bring him back to life Meanwhile, somewhere else, this guy who's this great humanitarian that helps me, this is like a big real hero, um, he has an accident, and they only had that one machine. So they bring Rock, who's a CAD. You know, I guess, how do you spell CAD? C-A-D? I, I would guess so. I don't well, know. People don't use that word anymore, but he was a nope. CAD. And they save him. The hero guy dies, and Rock feels bad. So... Um, he ends up, you know, going through this uh, transformation, and Jane Wyman plays the hero guy's wife. Uh, they got killed, so it, it was pretty good. And Rock was, you know, pretty good in this. I, and my mom loved Rock. What is mm-hmm. this? What is this shit? Oh, and she's like, he was so. And so then we had this big long discussion about um, uh, racism and homophobia and stuff like that. And I told her that, you know. I said, you know, you guys, you know, I said, I try myself, you know, to, to kind of be better. You know, I said, we were raised to, to tell these certain, like tell j- jokes or to say stuff and not think anything of it and, you know, whatever. And then, and we were talking about rock and I said, I don't care if rock Hudson was 
gay or whatever. I said, you know, I'd still watch his movie because she had said one time before, I can't even watch his movies anymore after I found out he was gay. Like, <laughs> well, who cares? You know, you, you may in your mind have had sex with Rock Hudson or you thought he was the perfect man and you wanted to marry him, but you never did and you never would. We were talking about that on the, uh, on the one group uh, on Facebook where somebody said, I love when, like, cause you know, it's one, it's a group where you just post pictures of good looking celebrities mm-hmm. and the inevitable I'd, I'd fuck her or I'd do her. <laughs> and then somebody made a comment about people saying that. And they're like, yeah, no shit. You know? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Hey, I'd fuck her. Really? Are you so, sure? You know, and then, okay. So then this was a hoot, uh, because, I told my mom, I said, if it gets really hot out, you know, because it was dangerous heat all week, um, I said, we can go to the mall and just go see a movie. Well, she goes, she said, well, Tan, or my sister, she goes, uh, she said that uh, the that Jurassic Park was good. Well, I had heard that it wasn't. Did you go see it? And, well, here's the deal. Okay. And I'm the one that made the vacation. I mean, I was going on vacation. And my mom, I was talking to her, and she goes, who are you going with? And I said, well, I'm just going to go by myself. And she said, well, I'd, I'd go with you if you wanted the company. And I was like, okay, well, you know, hell, it would be better than driving down there by myself. So she was tagging along. So my in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go see what I want to fucking go see. Huh. And when we drove by the place, the marquee at the mall down there had – Mad Max Fury Road and Avengers Age of Ultron. Those are the two. And I thought there's not going to be anybody in there because they've been out for a while. Yep. And if I get a chance to go to the movies, I'm going to go see something I want to go see. So I said, well, I want to go see Avengers Age of Ultron. She goes, what's it about? And I said, uh, I said, it's, you know, it's hard to explain. I said, you'll see when we get there. So then when we started watching it, she, get, she said something like, uh, I think she dozed off like a couple times through it. She said it. This is my mom's critique of Avengers of Age, Age of Ultron. She said, uh, "Might have dozed off too, actually." <laughs> it took too long for the action to get started, but then when it did, she said it was good. But she also said that uh, the whole movie was too long. Okay. Uh, now, I kind of ag- agree. It was mm-hmm. not as good as the first one. Right. Um, I thought it was kind of too long. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. I always liked, like in the Avengers growing up, there would be like Count Nefaria or Graviton or whether it was Doctor Doom or whoever, and they would have to fight like this guy. Like it would be this one guy that was really powerful. Right. And all the Avengers would have to band together to stop him. Uh, now, you had times where they would have like, well, like Grim Reaper and some of those ones like that. But you had times where they would have like a, a gr- another group of villains. But now the first time they had um, that, that galactic menace. What was the, what the hell were those things called the, that worked for Thanos? Uh, but there oh, was I a, don't remember. But the, but the point of it is there was a whole bunch of them. Right. There was just like a swarm of them. It would be like if Anil Halus or Annihilus or whatever came <laughs> with his swarm of, you know, the annihilation wave. 
Uh, and then the first one you had that, and then in this one you had Ultron, but then you had all the uh, cannon fodder Ultron. But see, in the right. comic, well, I mean, you know, Age of Ultron, the comic, was like this movie. I liked it better when Ultron just showed up and he was made of adamantium and they couldn't hurt him. And they all had to band together to fight the one thing. They've done the the twi- two times in a row where they've had somebody that just had endless uh, toadies. But the toadies aren't powerful at all. They're powerful, but, you know, it's pretty much just the Avengers... It's due to the number of them that makes them strong. Yeah, the Avengers just, you know, there's a whole bunch of them, but the Avengers just kind of crunch them and shit like that. So I would like for it like, to kind of whatever. Um, I thought I liked Scarlet Witch, and I liked um, – Wasn't it kind of funny they made them like Euro trash? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like that though. Um, <laughs> Uh, I liked her. I liked him too. And and you know, it, now wasn't that the dude from Kick Ass that was in God's? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I every time he his his um either he's such a good actor that he he just falls into these roles and I don't realize who it is, or he just doesn't have a lot of charisma. And it, <laughs> Can't decide. Yeah, and it takes me a few minutes to be like, oh, that's that guy again. Because when he was in Godzilla, I kept thinking, who the fuck is that guy? No, I... Oh, yeah. I forgot he was in yeah. that, too. Um, there was a part in that with those two where I was, it was sad. Mm-hmm. But it kind of was disappointing because um, there was a time in the Avengers... They always have event, the, you know, Avengers Assemble where they... Every once in a while in the comics... Uh, the team that's been there for a while kind of disassembles and then Cap, you know, gets a bunch of people together and then at the, at the last page it'll say Avengers assemble and they'll have the new team. Well, at one point he had what they, the, the comic geek fans or whatever, it, they called him Cap's kooky quartet and it was Cap, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of thought it would be cool if they would have went that way. And in the end, when they showed the new team, I hate War Machine. He's just such a fucking. <laughs> Do you hate him in the comics or just? Yes, the he's just a pointless. Like it's he's like Red Hulk, where they just take a character that's over and then just recreate it. It's like with Playboy a, Buddy Landell, or not? Not uh, yeah, like Buddy yeah. Landell. Buddy Landell, yeah, Nature Boy. They Buddy just Landell. tweak it a little bit, and then they say, "Okay, <laughs> now we have another Iron Man, but he's not Iron Man; he's War Machine." Or now we don't. We have the Red Hulk, or you know, just dumb uh, Captain America. They all now we have U.S. Agent. Yeah, <laughs> crap. Um, so anyway, I don't know if I Age of Ultron. I would probably. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm like kind of like what you were. It was uh, it was worth a watch. Yeah, but, that's all right. Uh, Jesus Christ, it was long. Two, yeah. it's like two and a half hours, I think. Close. It was like two fifteen. Yeah. Uh, Vision. I loved Vision. Vision was cool. Vision was cool. The makeup was really good. And I, and I, um, there was a few things in there. Like the there was one thing that he did, and I was like, fuck, that was so cool. <laughs> there was a couple of things, you know. Yeah. So, and I like that he saved. Or he like uh, flew away or whatever and helped uh, save Scarlet Witch because 
that in the comic they become, you know, yeah, together. Spoiler alert. Oh, well, well, in the comic. <laughs> I know. But goddamn, yeah. Jesus Christ, the way the movies go, she might end up, you know, getting banged by a Wolverine. War machine. Somehow. <laughs> They're gonna have Wolverine somehow. Well yeah, Wolverine will show. Even though, I think two different I think two different companies own that, so there's still no crossover. Yeah. Well, I hope there isn't because I hate the last thing the the big mistake that they make in the comics was Wolverine was so popular that they fucking overexposed him to the point where I want to vomit. Yeah. And so he doesn't need to be in everything in the goddamn movies too. Is it Wolverine or Batman as is more of the uh the uh people that are fans you're just like, dude, really, they can lose sometimes. It's yeah. okay. Let's put him in everything. <laughs> he was never an Avenger, and then all of a sudden he's him and Spider Man are in the Avengers. And I was like, hey, <laughs> fuck yourself. Fucker. <laughs> all right, whatever. What have you been watching? Um, let's see. I I got quite a bit. I'm going to skip over a few because they were boring. But um, I watched, right after the show last week, I watched a um, a Mondo movie by Russ Meyer from 1966 called Mondo Topless. And it's a, it was a weird experience because it was really boring, but it's like... It's a it's a one hour movie and about fifty five minutes of it just have giant tits on the screen, giant heavy jugs. But so you're just they, like you're kind of bored, but, but kind of not at the same time. Yeah, how the <laughs> fuck can you fuck that up? How well, can it's make just, tits it, boring. Well, it's like the girls were like, because it was like the supposed to be um, girls talking about doing topless dancing. Oh, and so but while you would hear their voice uh, talking about it. Then that was the boring part, but then they'd actually be dancing on the stage or like rolling around in mud or something. Did so. they make like a, a like a, they, the whole time they're talking? They should have just um, had the sound effect of somebody just shaking two milk jugs. <laughs> <laughs> and he and the announcer, I don't know who did the voiceover for it, but he calls them Bucksotics. <laughs> Butsotics? Bucks, like like buxom, oh, but they were oh, buxotic, okay. like exotic and buxom mixed That's together. That's another word they don't use enough anymore. And he had a voice like, I'm going to read part of the synopsis. Fantastic women, fantastic dancing, <laughs> the, bu- the buxotics. <laughs> you know. Buxotics. He was funny. Um, let's see. I watched Gone Girl, um, and this was really good. This is the David Fincher uh, movie that was kind of a, a big hit last year. And um, mm-hmm. about the uh, wife disappearing and stuff like that, and and it was like the when 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 the things flip about it was almost exactly halfway through the movie. Yeah. It was like holy fuck, yeah. and then it's it was really good. And I'd be, I'd be interested to read the book. I'd be curious what they did with that. I don't know. Have you read the book before? My sister read. I didn't read it. I wonder if it's still. I wonder if it's still like. Is it a pretty new book? I don't even know. I think it was like on the bestseller list just a few, you know, a few years ago. years ago or something. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I like this one a lot. Until you just said that. Yeah, and this is one that I think like it could be rewatched mm-hmm. with enjoyment also even despite knowing what happened. That chick that she, that she kind of turned me on. Oh, um Rosamund Pike. Pike. I mean, yeah. Like her her demeanor. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 that's wrong because I don't want to give anything away. Right, right. I know. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's your type. Well, yeah. And then it, it's like um, 
There was one scene in one of those hostile movies where they kidnap this ugly girl and this woman's like laying in this like tub kind of thing, big lavish looking uh, <laughs> marble looking tub. And she almost looks like some, I mean, I don't know. She was like a milf. And then they have the girl hung up above her and she's screaming and everything. And the woman just picks up this like a uh, sickle thing or something with the big long handle. Is that a scythe? They're like the, the fucking yeah, yeah, Reaper yeah. uses and reaches yeah. up and just goes, and slices the girl open and the blood just pours all over and it kind of makes it's like it's hot but it's it shouldn't be but it kind of is they know what they're doing they're manipulating oh yeah they manipulated my wiener so if if rosamund (laughs) if rosamund pike wasn't hot though it wouldn't have been as effective no if she would have looked like that one chick with the stretch marks all over down at the beach king kong bundy yeah and and then it's like the blood thing in that hostile movie i was saying if somebody actually did that you would be horrified. Plus, the blood would stink. I mean, you know, like ugh, it would just the, be gross. Cop, the penny, the copper penny smell all yeah. over the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched the decline of Western civilization part two, the metal years. This is a, a documentary about mostly about hair metal, yeah, and um, some of the like. The wannabe bands at the time, I and mean, this is from the like, late eighties. I've seen that. Yeah, it's it's pretty absurd. Absurd. It's it's good to watch. What do you mean um, it's absurd? <laughs> rock on, rock on, dude. Um, yeah, some of those guys like, oh no, I'm gonna totally make it in the music world. I dropped out of school at fifteen. Yeah, hair like metal. Paint. The 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 I now, I'll say I do enjoy hair metal from time to time, mm-hmm. but. Is I don't know if there was a shorter lived like musical thing, yeah. genre that burned out as quickly, quite as quickly, because well, <laughs> it's like, like five years done. On some of those, one I don't know if it was on that. It was probably just like on a VH1 thing. Where are they now or whatever? And there were some guys that were in successful hair metal bands. Oh yeah, and they're like now painting um, billboards and shit. Because yeah. they 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 blew all their money and they never went to school and you know yeah so that just shows you kids <laughs> if it, you know public service announcement from Silva and Gold there you go stay in school <laughs> don't do drugs <laughs> now what's a say no to dope um, I, like, I watched what? I watched <laughs> <laughs> say no to what um, say no. I watched uh, St. Vincent. Um, oh. Now, I avoided this one initially because I'm not a big Melissa McCarthy fan. Me neither. So I was torn. It's but Bill Murray on one hand, but then Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's kind of anti-McCarthy, don't be for this one. Mm-hmm. It's uh, She's very, like, she reigns it in. She's no- she's a normal human being <laughs> in this movie. She's not uh, out there like a lot of her big comedy roles. This is a movie where it's kind of like... Um, it's a it's a it's an old grumpy man uh, played by Bill Murray who kind of befriends the the young boy ne- the next door that just moved in. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is a single mom, and uh, you know he hates everything. And uh, Naomi Watts plays his Russian prostitute that visits him once a week. <laughs> but, Sometimes they take like really slim, skinny Hollywood chicks and try and make them look pregnant, and it looks ridiculous. Yeah, she didn't. I mean, she didn't like. It. There was nothing pregnant on her except for her belly. Oh, uh, did you see this? Gosh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it was kind of like it was there's bad. Yeah, it was it was fine. I, I was surprised um when I watched it, you know. But I was you like get, you when I saw the like cover art and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, you know, turd. Yeah, but it was I mean it wasn't a turd. It wasn't terrible. It was pretty it was better than average, I thought. I I I enjoyed it. Um, one thing I really enjoyed that I finally saw after owning it for a long time and everybody's saying how awesome it was, Magnum Force, yeah. 1973. Dirty Harry is on the trail of vigilante cops. Um, really good. The uh, the, the the vigilante cops who David aren't Dirty Harry Stark. are fucking assholes, <laughs> you know. Um, it always amazes me you had Starsky. I mean, you had Hutch from Starsky and Hutch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Otter from Animal House, and Robert Urich was—he uh, played in a bunch of shit. He was in SWAT and uh, Vegas and Spencer for Hire and all that shit. But then the, there was four of them, and the other guy—he just like—I don't know what happened to him—and he fell off the planet Earth. Man, yeah. You I think after being in this one, you were touched after being in this movie? It, it, se- it seemed like it, you know. Um, yeah, check this good. one out if you haven't. I think that this is I've seen the first one more than once, and this one I think's better. Harry was um, a mean motherfucker. Let me tell you something. You might have been like you know he was just they. I like he was those guys were you know killers. They were like a death squad or whatever. Yeah, they didn't know what the fuck that when you just said Bill Murray played the angry old man. <laughs> that's what it was like these guys are like yeah you know we did nobody can stop us or whatever and then they just come up against this m- mean old bastard <laughs> um it's there's some brutal stuff in this the 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 camera work i thought was really good yeah. it didn't really seem like it felt almost european at times the way it was shot but. harry used a fucking chop he not only you know when we laughed about the judo chop yeah when he was on that ship uh, and he oh, ran yeah. out of bullets. He um, and that was fucking brutal because yeah. he fucking like over and over and over he crushed that caved in that guy's face. Yeah, jeez, yeah. he was mean. <laughs> yeah, this is watch this one if you haven't seen it. Uh, I don't know why I held off for so long. I have that one of those like four packs, like yeah. the Dirty Harry collection or whatever. It was like ten bucks for four movies. Well, let me and... let you in on a little secret. Okay. Uh, they all go downhill after this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, and, and 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 in the next one's not bad, but then it just I mean, it, but it's not as okay. Dirty well, Harry. The last one is '80s, isn't it? Yeah, the first yeah. two are great. The third one is not great, but it's still oh, pretty good. Yeah. And then it just goes blah blah blah. Harry Callahan. So in Sandra Locke. Oh, both the both of the sec or the let's see. There's the Enforcer. Yeah, that one's all right. That's seventy six, and there's Sudden Impact. Oh, there's five of them. Yeah, I didn't know that. I only knew when you, get into, only the, that. When you get into the Reagan era. Yeah, Harry. so that's eighty three was Sudden Impact, and then Deadpool was eighty eight. Yeah, they should. Those ones should have been made by what's the uh, by Canon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, like the uh, like the third Death Wish movie. Yeah, sort of. There that's kind of how. That's kind of how was Death it the fourth Wish one? Went. I don't remember which Death Wish it was. First one was really good. Second one was yeah, it was good. And then they just that's how this one went too. <laughs> um, I went to the theater. So I mentioned a couple weeks ago I got the movie pass. Mm-hmm. So still taking advantage of that. 
Um, I went to see one that I probably wouldn't have paid ten bucks for, and um, I'm glad I didn't pay ten bucks for it. San Andreas, the the new rock um, uh, disaster movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad. When I saw it, I just thought I was like, "God, this movie is really stupid." And uh, you know, if anybody's listened to this show long enough, knows that I like stupid movies. But I think the I think the the thing was is that it felt it was stupid, but I felt like it was taking itself seriously at the same time. And I mean, it's like when you're you drive a boat straight into a tsunami, <laughs> and it, you know, and it's like it should be like this, like. And I was I laughed a little bit, but then it's like I don't know. I, something about it was just kind of like, okay, what can they fucking do next? It's like there's a thin line between okay, it's like the mo- one of the one of the movies I won't say which one that we're gonna review when it's really low budget and it's done really <laughs> crappy, but I I don't know that. But when they have it's a big budget, like they they know what they're making, and this yeah. and this one feels like it's like they're they're. I don't know if if you've watched. I feel like even Independence Day did a better job at this kind of thing, and it's like not to spoil anything because it probably doesn't. I mean, it kind of does, but not. But it's like there's a line, and it's like, well, what do we do now? We rebuild, and it's like, come on. Well, this come was on. another one that when I said something about going to see a movie, my mom said, "Ooh, The Rock. He's he, you know she must like him or whatever." But. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. I like The Rock a lot, and I will tell you, that was another thing I probably had an issue with. He did not have that charisma, like he because yeah. he was kind of like low key the whole movie. Yeah. Like he only like, even gets in a fist fight once, and it lasts. No way for like I'm driving five hundred miles to go see San Andreas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like a it's like a six, maybe yeah. six and a half. It's fine, but I, I was hoping I was hoping I was going to like leave like really smiling. So. <laughs> Um, I watched American Street Fighter uh, with Gary Daniels. Um, this one has a really weird poster. I don't know what it's supposed to be on IMDb. Uh, this has like, um, uh, what's the Amir Shervan? He did the Hollywood Cop and Samurai Cop. Mm-hmm. It has that level acting in it. <laughs> it's like, it's it's a it's a martial arts like kind of um, who's plays who plays his brother in it. Uh, this guy named Ian Jacklin. God, he is fucking awful. And <laughs> Gerald Okamura plays the villain. Um, he was on all those karate magazine covers back in the 70s. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's not good at all, but man, it's funny how bad it is. So this is a so bad it's good kind of movie. American Street Fighter. I would got a, even got a ridiculous cover. Somebody make a movie about, like it would be star like Jake Gyllenhaal. And him and maybe like a couple other guys would be the editor, writers and editors of a karate magazine in the 70s. <laughs> and they would just go like what their life was like. And they'd have to go out and meet these guys. It's like that one, the the one karate uh, guy that's on YouTube now that does all the kind of parodies of the now we're going to show Tiger, Tiger Claw style against <laughs> American uh, ninjutsu or something, and he's got the mustache, and mm-hmm. and they go meet guys like that that are all real serious and everything. That'd be kind of fun, especially if Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal was in it. Um, I watched on you on uh, Netflix. I think you've seen this one, Electric Children. Electric Children. Um, it's about the little. It's a Mormon girl who finds like a cassette tape in the basement, um, like. 
not I mean not like uh Mormon and they go out it's like the live on a farm in the middle of nowhere and have like you know I don't even I they have a they have a car but it's like huge family she's never even talked on a cell phone before and that sort of thing but yeah, she have you seen this one no it doesn't even sound I don't even understand what you're talking about no I thought she had seen it but I thought you'd seen it but um she and they never really explain it. It's it's pretty good, I guess, but it's got a good soundtrack. But she, um, she, she becomes pregnant right after her fifteenth birthday. Ooh, how'd that happen? Well, that's the thing. Like they never really go into it, but she <laughs> thinks it's from listening to this, this <laughs> tape. So she, the song, it's um, it's a, a cover of um, Every Blondie's Telephone. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, but she wants to find the person that sang it because she thinks that that person it's like a miraculous conception thanks to that music, and she wants to find the father. So she like you know runs away and meets this band in Las Vegas, and I mean it's it's a cute movie. I don't I didn't the some of it doesn't make sense like that, but um, I mean it was pretty good. Rory Culkin plays one of the band members, and he looks so much like this guy I used to work with. <laughs> it's weird. Um, and um, it's a bunch of other people I didn't really recognize all that much. Billy Zane plays the the dad. Oh, you can't beat that. If it's got Billy Zane in it, I'm in. So it's kind of her, and then her her brother kind of is is trying to get get her to come home. So they're kind of like doing this whole like road movie thing together and looking for somebody. So it's it's all right. Um, I watched. I went back to the theater. I watched Love and Mercy. Uh, the John Cusack, Paul Dano movie about um, Brian Wilson, Brian Wilson mm-hmm. from the Beach Boys, and this is pretty spectacular. Uh, Paul Dano in particular is great. He's um, always good. Yeah, and he he plays the '60s Brian Wilson, and um, so we have it, the movie's kind of split and it hops back and forth. Cusack plays gotten skinny again but still fucked up on drugs and now being like taken advantage of by the psychiatrist Eugene yeah, Landy. The guru. Yeah. Uh, okay, then, um, who is a bigger shut in? Brian Wilson or you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I, I tell you what, it would be no contest if I had Brian Wilson's money. <laughs> yeah, I'd never leave the house. <laughs> I don't want to leave it now. I'd fucking lay in bed for three years too. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Paul Dano plays 60s Brian Wilson, like I said, who's starting to have the uh, mental issues that would cause issues later on. Um, so you kind of see at the same time this unfolding story that was in the mid 80s. Is Charles Manson in this at all? No, they don't. don't go, they they that. go. They don't go into the brothers uh, oh, okay. hardly much at all. Um, it's all. It's mostly Brian Wilson and. Um, and some with his relationship with his dad, not, but relationship with his dad after they had already fired him from mm-hmm. being their manager. Um, what a dad. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you, I think my biggest beef with it, because I don't think it's like a great, great movie. Yeah. It was John Cusack. And it's, and no, no, I like John Cusack a whole lot. Right. My issue was, and I was, it took me a couple days to figure out what it was, is that, John Cusack is was for what they were going for was perfectly cast, but that's a problem because I see John Cusack. Right, it's like, that's what I thought when I saw the trailer. Right, so it's like if you've seen Gross Point Blank, yeah, 
he's like a more nervous guy from Gross Point Blank. And Dano was amazing. John Cusack was fine for John Cusack. I think they could have been a more adventurous in casting that mm-hmm. side of it, and it would have been probably my favorite movie this year. There are times, now this is just off the cuff about John Cusack. Um, there are times when his hair is way too black. <laughs> yeah, he's he's holding on to it. It's like, I'm sorry, dude, but uh, you're probably the same age as me, and I have more gray hair than I have. Uh, when it's when it's black, like every hair is black, and you, I, I don't know, it's like cage sometimes. You yeah, know, Cusack dude. was born in 66. So. And then we're going to talk about Burt Reynolds shortly coming up, and, you know, there there's times where it's better i would rather see someone age gracefully than to i mean gene hackman he was never a great looking guy and but he it's like sean connery said well there's you know not a lot to doll up to doll up uh, but when these guys start fucking putting that black shoe polish in their fucking hair <laughs> and that shit you look ridiculous i'm sorry yeah and I don't know. I guess, I mean, he was playing about the right age in this. So, yeah. I mean, he didn't really have super black hair, though, either. But, uh, I mean, you know, I like, don't get me wrong, I like John Cusack a lot. And I'll, but I tell you, he stretched a lot more in, um, what was that one he was in where he was like that, the paper boy? Did you see the paper boy? Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. Ugh. So he stretched a lot more for that one. And this one just felt like John Well, maybe he, finally, maybe he decided not to play because he did that one, and then he did the one with Nicolas Cage about the Green River Killer, which he played right. the titular Green River Killer, and he was such a uh, – he both those movies <laughs> make me just want to go scrub myself. Such a, uh, but a high, high, high recommend for this one, so go see it if it's playing at a theater. Um, what was I? I was watching something. Speaking of the serial killer deal, oh, I know what it was. This is just something to add that a, 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 a interesting factoid. Mm-hmm. I had been watching the first season of Hannibal, um, and um, then I was online just looking up some stuff about uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter character and everything. And they said the reason that Scott Glenn uh, did not return as Jack Crawford in Hannibal, which was the one that had, uh, I think, I'm trying to think. Well, Red Dragon, Harvey Keitel played uh, Jack Crawford. And Hannibal, I don't know who played him in that. But Scott... No, Hannibal was uh, uh, Julianne Moore. Yeah, but she was She played Clarissa Clarissa. Yeah, Clarice Clarissa. Darling. I almost said Clarissa Darling, but that's Clarissa explained <laughs> Clarice it all. Clarice Darling. Clarice. <laughs> but yes. um, they said that uh, Scott Glenn, he, in researching uh, to play Jack Crawford, who was like the head of the uh, serial killer division or whatever mm-hmm. of the FBI, he met with this guy that was a real like profiler guy or whatever, and the guy gave him a cassette tape, and he said, listen to this cassette tape. And so he went home and he listened to the cassette tape and what it was. I had always seen these, um, like when I was a kid and they would put the movie uh, advertisements in the newspaper for the local theater. Like you would see uh, Inside Seika or, you know, uh, the <laughs> Magnum Force. I, I used to cut those out and put them in like a scrapbook kind of a thing, which I still have somewhere. And um, one of them was for this movie called The Toolbox Murders. And it was like a low-budget uh, horror film. Well, apparently there really were 
the t- t- toolbox murders. Mm-hmm. Now I never saw the the uh, the low budget horror movie. It's supposed to, be, I guess, it's kind of like a kind of a classic. Uh, so I don't know how much of it's based on like a real the real thing or whatever. But these two assholes, it was kind of like the Hillside Strangler. They called them the, it was called the Hillside Strangler Murders, but it was two guys. They were cousins. Well, the toolbox murders were these two dudes, uh, older guy and a younger guy, and they had a van, like a box van, and they would uh, pick up girls either hitchhiking or if they couldn't like trick them into getting into the van by saying, hey, we got some weed or we got some beer or whatever, or do you need a lift? Then they would just drive down the road and pull off and you know how the box van has the sliding door on the side? Right, right. As like a girl would, the girl would walk by, they just grab them. They get them in the van, they take them somewhere and they do all kinds of shit. Well, Scott Glenn listened to, he went home and listened to this cassette tape and what it was, those assholes, they killed like I think six women, six girls. Oh, wow. uh, Brutally raped them, tortured them, and they would like take him to a secluded area and uh uh repeatedly do all this stuff to him well there was like one or at least one of them i think they uh had a cassette recorder and they audio recorded everything like you can hear the girl screaming pleading for her life yeah. they would use what the reason they called it toolbox murders is they used like pliers and all kinds of shit like that to torture him. And Scott Glenn listened to that. And then he told the guy, he said, why did you, why did you give that to me to listen to? And the guy said, welcome to my world. He goes, now you know what it's like in my world. And so he said, he said that they said, Scott Glenn said that after he listened to that, like he couldn't sleep for months and that it still haunted him from time to time. And he never wanted to relive that. So that's just something I, I was like, oh my god! Jeez. And I guess they said they play that cassette that when they when they caught the guys and they went to trial, they played that cassette to the jurors, and they said there wasn't anybody in the jury that that didn't like either get sick or cry or whatever. And the one dude that was on trial, he just sat there like it was nothing. But so anyway, that's just a, an interesting movie factoid. But I, now, but you know, they they started making those. Um, I guess they're kind of low budget because I've seen a couple of them. Well, the Jeffrey Dahmer one was the one. Oh that yeah, had there's Hawk a lot of those serial. The, it it got popular in like the mid 2000s. Yeah, they started just making every serial killer you could think of. They made a movie about. Yeah. You know, some I watched a couple of them, and they're not. They're pretty low yeah. budget. How the, the hell are we talking thing. about that? I got off on that. Uh, Killer, Clarice Starling, you called her. What the hell? Star- what was the last movie I mentioned? Starlise Clearling. We were talking about Cusack. Love and Mercy. Oh, Charles Manson, maybe? From... I don't know. It doesn't matter. I just I don't forget. Um, oh, are you, we, we talked about Hannibal. John Cusack being the serial killer. Yeah, Green River okay. Killer movie. <laughs> See? All right. Uh, I watched It Follows, uh, the horror movie from, I guess it was last year. Uh, pretty original. I, I enjoy this quite a bit. Um, it's a, there's a, a supernatural thing that just basically walks around and follows somebody and will kill them if it catches up to them. And it follows one person at a time. And if that person has sex with somebody else, it starts following that person. Hmm. 
if that person dies, it goes back to the person that they had sex with originally. Mm. It would so, die, it would die with me. Cause <laughs> no, because it, it would go back to whoever you had sex with last that gave it to you. Oh, that's well, God, that would be like it would it would be scratching its head trying to figure out who the person Whoa, last who was person that again? I had sex with. <laughs> well, well, it, it would just switch from my right hand to my left hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's just your hand just keeps dying over. <laughs> Um, uh, it's it's funny it's it was kind of neat seeing all the be abandoned shit it's filmed around detroit so there was so much abandoned shit around detroit but apparently every single person that lives in detroit is uh is kind of a 20s hipster and um the because i could it was it was so much so that i couldn't tell what year this took place um it could have been the eighties. That's all the, but there was one girl that used this, like it looked like a, an iPod touch sort of, but it was a seashell that she would unfold and she would read news on it or books or whatever, mm -hmm. which obviously wasn't eighties, but every car looked like it was from the eighties. And I don't know. It's, it's, it was weird. It's, it was kind of like out of time, but the story itself really good. It was um, pretty tense. I enjoyed it. Very original. Um, I watched stick. Burt Reynolds movie from the 80s with Candace Bergen. Burt. Is that the one that has the Dar Robinson plays the albino guy with the cowboy hat? Yeah, he was yeah. he was pretty creepy, but played Moke. What did he always say to him? Like, you have bunny eyes? Or yeah. Something? I, didn't I didn't understand what he meant by that. But. And he'd be like, shut up, you faggot. <laughs> something like that. You know, he got killed, uh, I think, around the time they made that movie. Oh really? Yeah, he was a fa really famous stuntman, and uh, the, they kind of gave him. That was the first thing I think they ever gave him. Like Burt gave him a part, but he got killed in a just a freak. It wasn't even like he was jumping a motorcycle or something like that. He was riding his motorcycle back to his uh, trailer or something, and just had a freak accident. And got yeah, it was. It was just a year later. Yeah, he was known for that. Uh, they had some kind of decelerator. Like he would jump off the top of a skyscraper, and and uh, they would want it to, you know, show the free fall. Oh, he did the um, the cliff jump for Steve McQueen and Papillon. Yeah, there there was a lot, a lot that he came up with that. It was like something that was hooked to his foot, and it would you'd be going really fast, and then it would oh. slowly slow you down. He did the motorcycle. He did the motorcycle jumping into the ocean near the end of Magnum Force too. Yeah. Okay. Dar. He was a little peckerhead in that movie. Also doubled for Henry Silva in the dramatic conclusion to Sharky's Machine. <laughs> oh, that yeah, because that uh, Silva of Burt got gets. Uh, I think Bert shoots him, and he goes flying out a skyscraper window, and that's when they nice. use that. He's yeah, I think he did a. I think he did a big dive in this one. He would always um, be on those shows like Real People or something like that, where he would set a world record for the highest fall. Ah. Um, this was not very good. It was kind of boring. Yeah, Bert was. Fine, but he didn't really kind of like the rock in san andreas like he didn't have his usual like charisma bunny yeah, is all right and it had uh, well Adam. and then uh, last two i'm going on and on uh, last two i watched uh last night and this morning two nick hornby ones that are standbys for me high fidelity and fever pitch and i like both of them a lot I, it was the 2000 or the 1997 fever pitch with colin firth where they talk about arsenal oh, yeah. Now that yeah. one was based on the, that was a remake or somebody remade that one with a boss. Yeah, oh four the Fairley brothers actually remade it, uh, and the, it was the Red Sox in that one. Who was and the star in that? Um, 
uh, Jimmy Fallon and uh, 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 Drew Barrymore. Blech. And I, I mean, I liked it. I mean, I'm, I'm probably biased because of the Red Sox thing, but that one was, I liked that one. But this one, this one I think is a better movie. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I am um, jaded to anything Jimmy Fallon after I saw him in that taxi cab movie with Queen. <laughs> He's fine in this Fuck, one. Fuck, that was horrible. So, anyway, that's all I watched. I mean, I, I think there was a couple other things, but they're not worth mentioning. So. How are the Red Sox this Oh, they're terrible this year. They're horrible. They're Yankees fucking, they're, in they're, first they're place. A, I think the Rays are in first place. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Red Sox season is pretty much over already. Shit, Detroit's beating the Yankees right now. 4-0. Good. Yeah, I, the, the, I'll tell you who's surprising are the Astros this year in the American League because hmm. they're still in first place. I haven't been following and, uh, shit. I was so much into hockey. And even when – okay, the Flyers didn't even make the playoffs – but I was still following it, like when the Rangers and stuff was in there. And then when it when it got down to the finals, I well even the semifinals, I just didn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> I totally give. I just followed Coop on uh, on. Uh, well, oh we right, because he posts all the updates. Yeah. When we were at the beach, they had the final game of the, you know, of uh, the the Blackhawks and Lightning, and I started to leave it on. And then I thought, well, you know, my mom doesn't want to watch this shit. You know? <laughs> So yeah, but the Blackhawks won. So Coop uh, yeah. got a uh, another notch in his belt. One of his two, yeah, picks. Yeah. So I guess there's still hope for the Nationals. So I still kind of follow them. Yeah. The Cubs are still kind of there, but the Cardinals are surprising this year. So yeah, it's gonna be. I think I think it might. I don't know. Might come out of the. Uh, Reds, might come out of the National League this year. The, the Red Sox the, are playing the Kansas City Royals today. Yeah, at, uh, the Royals are still 10. good too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, why don't we take a break? Which movie do you want to do first? I don't care. Bert, we want Bert or we want titties. <laughs> well, uh, let's just get the chronologic. Chronological. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll be right back with a review of WW and the Dixie Dance Kings. We'll be right back. Okay, and welcome back to another episode of Guess That Riff. With me on the show tonight, my first contestant is Mr. Fred Nurk. Fred, are you ready to guess that riff? I sure am. Okay, here's riff number one. Ah, that's It's a Long Way to the Top by ACDC. Fantastic, Fred. Okay, here's riff number two. Hmm. That one is Eagle Rock by Daddy Cool. Fantastic! You're doing great, Fred. Now, this one's a tricky one. Guess riff number three. Hmm. That one is I Walk the Line by Johnny Cash. Fantastic, Fred! How did you know all those riffs? Well, I listened to Love That Album podcast. That's fantastic. Really? Uh, no. That's what you told me to say, Dad. Max, shh. I told you never to call me Dad during the promo. Go to lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or type in Love That Album, all one word, into iTunes. Listen to Love That Album. It might turn you into a rock geek. Or you might just con your son into making pitiful promos for your podcast. Goodbye. 
W.W. and the Dixie Dance Kings. Oh, speaking before we go yeah. on um, High Fidelity. Yes. Now you watch that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, am I, is it just me or did that movie speak to, it, it, it kind of spoke to me <laughs> like when I was watching it, like all the different girls and, and the different uh-huh. kinds and the getting fucked over and the the Tim Robbins like guy that <laughs> that even if you've never even seen the guy that your chick is going with or left you for whatever that you build up this thing in your head and it's it's a that's a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I I probably I think I saw that movie like four times in the theater alone. Cusack was awesome in that one. Yeah, and I I mean I own it and it, I was even too lazy to dig it out because it's still packed. So, and I saw that it was on Netflix, so I just watched it on there. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's 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 awesome. And I, and one last thing before we start the review, uh, I discovered. Okay, now listen, um, <laughs> people, listen up. <laughs> if you are going to comment on uh, news like posts that like from like a news Facebook news page of say like a local news uh, TV news or whatever. Um, you probably should create a fake account with a fake name. Um, I just checked, you know, on Facebook where you have your email, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a little thing that says inbox and then right beside of it says other and other is usually if someone that you don't know sent you an email. And I read one, one time before where the girl told me, um, let me see this one. Where she said, hey, shitbag, fuck you. You don't even live here. Fuck off. Mind your own fucking commie pig business. Okay. <laughs> now, um, and that's Jesus. because uh, my Facebook thing says that I live in Mongolia. Now, um, when I just got on here before we started the show, someone had sent me one. Now, I already deleted it now, so I can't read it. But it was from a woman. And she said she basically she called me a child molester, or what? that I was going to uh, probably be a child molester, and that I should go fuck myself. And um, I can't remember what else, but I'm sure it was in response to um, I I there's a, a local girl here that was a newscaster here, and then she went to I believe either North or South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I still have her on my Facebook page, and she posts things uh, for whatever news station she's on. And I recently had been uh, commenting on some gun control stuff, uh, the mass murder guy that yeah. went into the black church in South Carolina and killed a bunch of people. I read one of your Confederate flag conversations. Yeah, and the Confederate flag thing. Yeah. And um, so I probably should uh bring back my uh fake facebook page because um i i never thought i got into a discussion 
yesterday about the Confederate flag thing, and a couple of guys jumped on there. I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a national thing, like USA Today or something. And then when I looked, I I clicked on the guys. Um, uh, Facebook page things. Mm-hmm. They were from, I think, North Carolina. And then I, when I Woo! looked, that girl, yeah, the girl that, it's this girl, Nicole, I think it's Nicole Duke, or I can't remember which one it was. Uh, she left here and went somewhere else. And I just ended up deleting the whole, the whole post because I, they had nothing to stand on. They all, the, usually the morons, um, that when they argue, the only thing they can say is, like the guy said, I was a man-child who hid behind a an Incredible Hulk. Oh yeah, icon. I saw that. You still read comics and all that. Yeah. that's the one I was reading. Yeah. And that, and, and uh, you know how how many uh, something about gaming, and that I. Oh yeah, your mom in my mom's, you, basement, mom's basement, everything. Yeah. So I try and be intelligent, and I came, came back because my thing was a. Uh, the stars and bars. The Confederate flag was a a flag for uh, lose ignorant racist losers. Because uh, I, I thought, okay, <laughs> losers they lost the Civil War. Right. Racist, you know, they were for slavery and everything. Um, I think ig- uh, ignorant, and I can't remember what the other one was. But I even responded, okay, I had a, an answer for each one of those, but I said. I didn't think I wasn't sure I should put ignorant, but since you responded and I can't remember what he said, uh, I said you pretty much have proved that. Well, then when I go back and think, I'm like, okay, I don't want to get in a fight with somebody on here. Have them fucking come, drive four or five hundred miles and shoot me in the head, and then I get a thing like you know this. And the woman that wrote the thing about chi- uh, like something about child, you're probably a child molester. Or you're going to be a child molester, and I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like she, it looked like she typed with a bo- with boxing gloves on, <laughs> but it was pretty interesting. But you know, I need to I need to to rethink my uh, your your online strategy. Yeah, well, I mean, I still like to call people out on their sh- stupid shit, and and then I was even adding humor because I said, you know, and I wasn't gaming in my mom's basement. I was watching porn. <laughs> I like to add a little nice. touch of levity. But you know, it's like, well, you talk about your fucking fairy. Your your area down there. Well, I will say this: some, um, who was it? One of our friends that lives in Ohio. I think it was El Goro said something about seeing the uh, Confederate flag up where he lives, and he lives in the northern part of Ohio. Oh wow! I see it down here at the our local uh, fire department. Uh, this guy that must be a fireman there or an EMT has a pickup truck, and it has the I can't remember what they call that one flag that has the "Don't Tread on Me" oh, with, the yeah, snake. with the coiled snake. Yeah, and then and then the Confederate flag, two not like the little ones like sports ones you put in your car window. These were two huge ones on <laughs> either side of his pickup truck, and I was like, God, I hope that guy doesn't come fucking try and save me. Yeah, yeah, you'll see him quite a bit here, bumper stickers and all that shit. There's one dude that. When I drive to work, he has, I think he has some kind of an AM radio thing, a church thing. And he has a giant, like, it's like they took two two-by-fours, painted them white, somehow attached them to the bed of his pickup up by the cab. And then it has lights all over it and a big cross. Yeah. Yeah. 
See, so I was Classic. just getting ready to say that North Carolina was, you know, but then I thought about where I live too. So. We have we have places that look like uh, all of the scenes from WWE and the Dixie Dance Kings. Exactly. Um, so this is a little farther south, but all right, I'm going to synopsize. Okay. WWE is a happy-go-lucky crook who makes his living robbing gas stations through the drive-up windows. What? No. He he does it through the out of his car window. Yeah. Um, the Dixie Dance Kings. And I don't think that's their name either, is it? Um, or a country music... I think he names them that. Or a country music band trying to get their first big break. W.W. crosses paths with the Dixie Dance <laughs> Kings when he hijacks their car. No. Also doesn't do that. To hi- <laughs> that's the whole... No! The car is his! That's the, that's the whole movie! Um, at first, the band resists. However... Jesus Christ, this fucking synopsis. Um, WW becomes like he kind of cons them into becoming their manager and, and still robs banks and, or robs gas stations. He's got something against the the SOS company, but and then you have uh, um, a very redneck uh, Knight of the Hunter preacher ch- trying to track him down. <laughs> um, so Zom, what did you what did you, th- you think of WW and the Dixie Dance Kings? I'm trying to see what it says on this poster. On the, the it says something about Big Bad Bert. But yeah, I, that poster looks like shit. It won't blow up, so you can't see what it says. Big Bad, they just Big Bad Bert. <laughs> and it looks, and at the top, it looks like he's got his hand down his pants, down his jeans. Like there's, I don't know what. Okay, there he is in red. And Dixie's beside of him with the cowboy hat, but then behind him is like a big thing. It looks like he—it's just like his torso. It looks like somebody's doing like the Al Bundy, like yeah, with his hand on his pants. This big bad Bert. Okay, (laughs) big bad Bert. Now, okay, people. Yeah, this is a return. What other movies have we done with big bad Bert? We did Seamus. We did Gator or the one that came White Lightning. White Lightning. Okay, so and we've done another John G. Avildsen movie. That's who directed this. He did Joe, which we did also. Joe was what? Oh, was with um, uh, Peter Boyle. Yeah. Okay. I did not know that. I did not. He know also directed Rocky. Well, shit. He directed all three Karate Kid or the first three Karate Kid movies. Fuck. Okay. And then they tried. Stallone tried to get in this movie. Like he auditioned for it, but he didn't get. It. I don't know who the fuck he would have played. You know, can you imagine him as uh, he'd get on there as too. Bert? He he instead of Dolly Parton, he could have been in this with uh, y'all doing there? <laughs> And Dolly Parton was supposed to be in this. She was supposed to play Dixie. Oh my God! They just held off and just redid it themselves for Rhinestone. Yeah, did we do Rhinestone? Yes, we did. Okay, goddamn it! Because uh, uh, we did Drinkenstein. <laughs> That's right, Drinkenstein. Okay, but this movie used to be on TV all the time. And I've never, I had never seen it, and it's on YouTube for anybody interested. Yeah, and it kind of disappeared. And the only thing that I could think of is I, somebody had posted a thing on Facebook this past week about uh, like twenty five movies that have that never made it to DVD, or some of them hadn't even made it to VHS. And one of the big reasons, a lot of them, there were several of them that were really popular, and uh, but they used um, music. In their uh, soundtrack, and and you know throughout the movie, and they didn't have they they the rights ran out or they didn't have the rights, and that may be why this one uh, wasn't uh, you know was kind of out of print. 
is because they do use like a lot like like Elvis um um I think uh, Fats Domino I heard him maybe Carl Perkins they, there's a lot of stuff in music in this that uh was and they cover the Dixie Dance Kings cover some songs yeah. too I don't know if that's ever a bad thing or not with as far as music rights go now but. you have um now now listen up all song this is the first movie song that had a, a, a pairing. Well, it's the first movie Jerry Reed was ever in song. Mm-hmm. And this was so obviously the initial pairing of uh, Jerry Reed and Burt Reynolds, who later uh, were in uh, Gator, where Jerry Reed played the bad guy. And Gator was uh, the a character from White Lightning. And also smoking a band of song. He was in a lot of I feel, movies. I feel like I feel like we've done we've a, a Jerry Reed's on our show a lot. We too. did a Jerry Reed movie that didn't even have Burt Reynolds in a song. Yeah, and the, that was the, the one with Peter Fonda called "When You High Rollin'." High rolling. Yeah, yeah, high balling. Uh, so, anyways, high balling. If we get, we should do like okay. I'll do the Jerry Reed voice the rest of the show, and you do Dusty. <laughs> Okay, baby. I did that too. This movie. Um, now, also another person that you see in this movie for a short. We were just talking about Dar Robinson. Bert had a kind of a soft spot for these stuntmen because I think he did a lot of stunts in his early TV work, like on Gunsmoke. Yeah. Uh, he was a oh, reg- Hal Needham. Yeah, Hal Needham was in this, and he mm-hmm. played the. Uh, it was either a sheriff or a state patrolman. Yeah, I think it was state trooper. State yeah. trooper that like ch- that's how he initially meets. He follows him into the dance thing. Dixie, yeah. Now Bert, the fifty is, cent dance. Yeah, Bert is kind of a a Robin Hood like character in this because he only he he's he's a very charismatic. He's a cad. He's <laughs> he's very charismatic and. Um, he has this car, which is a was it was that an Olds? It's the fifty-five, uh, yeah, Oldsmobile something. It's eighty, an eighty-eight. They called it something else in the movie. It's an Olds, Oldsmobile. It was 88. like a holiday special or something. They only made like fifty of them or whatever. Yeah, and it's this uh, black, which and, I read wasn't actually a thing. Yeah, what? Well, the car actually exists. Or I mean, like that there was never that car wouldn't have it would not have been the. 50th anniversary or whatever they said it was when that car came out and there was more there was not only 50 made or whatever. it was a pretty cool car i mean I, yeah yeah <laughs> i always like those old like 1950s cars um so he's a cad now he wears what's what's one thing's funny um i like his outfit for the most part but he wears these white i don't know if they're boots they kind of look like dusty Rhodes boots but I mean, he's got his pants over top of him, so you only <laughs> see the bottom. But he's like, where now? Pat Boone, who was a douchebag um, singer. I mean, he was a very popular singer in the fifties, but he became like a really religious douchebag uh, with a toupee, bad toupee. He, uh, he was known for wearing white bucks. They called him White Bucks, and Richie Cunningham used to wear those on Happy Days. So I'm wondering if that's what Bert was wearing here. But they look, we- it looks silly. You know, they look weird. You know, <laughs> didn't expect Bert to be wearing these like white uh, shoes. Look like almost like boots, some kind of little booties or something. Um, he goes around and he's got this thing, and I don't think they ever really said exactly what it was, but he only robs SOS gas stations, which is Southland. Southland Oil some services or yeah, something like yeah. Um, which were pretty popular back then, and and they have the they have the stars and bars on their sign. Yeah, and he's got he's got a way where 
he pulls up and you know he he gets into like a conversation he tells jokes and stuff like that makes the guys laugh and then when he robs them he does it in a real subtle way he doesn't do it like in a real threatening way and then he like if the guy brings out a hundred dollars or whatever say 200 bucks he'll give the guy like 20 bucks which back then shit that's like giving somebody a hundred dollars <laughs> he says well you ain't got a gun or nothing yeah, <laughs> yeah and he pulls his jacket over and the guy's like about pisses himself because he has a pistol yeah. um but he um he each time he'll tell him he'll say something like uh you know you got a, you got a wife and the guy like yeah i got a wife he goes well you know why don't you go buy her something, you know, and, and he'll even spin the thing about SOS oil and how much they're making millions of dollars. They pay their, their employees shit. And he'll say, you know, don't tell anybody, here's some money for you. Uh, let's keep this between us. And if the, if, when you call the cops, he'll tell them to call the cops. He'll say, you know, tell them, uh, four big Yankees or, or a, a van full Colored of guys, black yeah. guys or something, you know, came through here. So they won't be looking for him and the guys okay. do it. There's no, I don't, I can't think of a Burt Reynolds movie where at least one point they don't have some kind of racial slur. Oh, of course. Or, or a gay joke. Well, he is from, Burt is from, I think Florida, Florida, or he, at least he lives there now. Yeah. He, Jupiter, well, he Florida played for Florida state football. Okay. Um, and then he got hurt. Um, even though I will give him a pass for for one thing on like any kind of like a racist joke or like a homophobic joke or whatever like that is because of the times. And that's one thing like when my mom and I were at the beach, we were talking about some of the stuff like that and how, you know, OK, I know you grew up telling jokes like this and saying stuff like this. But, you know, I think maybe we should think about what we're saying and just kind of yeah shit can that stuff. But so you have that in here, like, uh, <laughs> and I thought it was funny. Now this is this. He he goes to to a drive-in with this girl, and they're they're making out in the back of his car, mm-hmm. and and uh, he pops his head up, and it's Errol Flynn and Tyrone Power. In the <laughs> that was pretty funny. It's the one where they go and run with the bulls. I think it was a. I can't remember what it was called, but it was based on like Hemingway, a Hemingway novel. Mm-hmm. And um, he the girls like wants to keep. I don't know if he was fucking her. Or or they were just making out, but he's you know fucking or whatever, and he just stops in the middle of it. He goes, "I want to see this part," and um, Bert uh, confesses that he's like, uh, "God damn, Errol Flynn," and she goes, "What she did she say? Are you a fag? No, are you are you queer? Are you queer?" And he <laughs> yeah. goes, he just pauses for a second. And he thinks to himself, he goes, "No, but if I was queer." I'd be queer for Errol Flynn. That's the guy I'd want to turn queer for, Errol Flynn. Yeah, and I thought that was odd. I remember that from when I was a kid watching this. Um, <laughs> now, he ends up, um, you know, the the cops are kind of looking for him. And I don't even know if that if Hal Needham was actually looking for him. But he was just looking for, you know. Somebody. Somebody. And so Bert slides into this, um, into this, uh, I don't know, it's like a little dance. It's a high school gym, but they're having a dance, yeah. And he goes in there, and uh, and he sees this band. It's kind of a country-western band. And uh, you had the, the – well, first, the one guy I think was on Hee Haw. Don Williams uh, was a big country singer in the late 60s and 70s, like – 
the the Eric Clapton had this this song Tulsa Time and Don Williams, but that was like his big hit, Living on Tulsa Time. And then Jerry Reed was a big country singer and musician. He was like a really great guitar player. He session musician, and he had all kinds of country hits and everything, and was real famous. Um, now the girl Connie Van Dyke, she is kind of like the cutesy cutesy uh, main girl in the band. Uh, she didn't really do shit. She was in Framed no. with Joe Don Baker. And then, and she was in, I think, the, one of those biker Hell's Angels movies. But, and then a, just a smattering of TV, and she didn't really do anything. And they said, I think she was on like CSI or something just a couple years ago, but that was like few and far between. Um, she was, she's pretty, um, not like anything, I don't know. She was good because. She was really like a pure kind of Southern girl. Like she wouldn't mm-hmm. fuck anybody. She didn't like people cussing. Um, <laughs> uh, like, and when they would say, but like, you know, your, your ass, if they said, but she'd be like, don't cuss, you know? <laughs> and so Bert kind of sets his eyes on her. And then that leads to a little bit of friction between him and, or I'm sorry, W, 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 uh, between him and Wayne. And Wayne is Jerry Reed. Now, Wayne is going with Dixie and it's, it's uh, Dixie and the dance Kings or it's just the dance Kings, but Dixie's in it. And then it's Dixie and the dance Kings. So then you get WW and the Dixie dance Kings, blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) Now um, he is a con man totally, which is kind of funny because he gets, um, What's the one guy? Okay, uh, Rick Hurst is the one, Butterball. And I think he was on Hee Haw at one time. Uh, there was a few Hee Haw people on there. And then there was the other guy, and I cannot remember what his name is. He was the drummer, and I've seen him in a ton of shit. Junior, James Hampton. He was uh, he played caretaker in um, Longest Yard with Bert. Okay. He, he was in a lot of stuff. Well, he... Uh, Junior and Butterball. Oh, he was the dad in Teen Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I remember. They, they really eat up um, Bert's shit, and Bert, yeah. Bert slings it. I mean, he's like, I was in Korea, and uh, he tells all these stories, and they're like, Oh, good. And Bert does the uh, the uh, Tom Sawyer paint the fence thing. He's changing his tire, and, and these two doofuses come over, and he goes, Oh, hurt my hurt my arm in Korea. Could you? Could you fellas help me uh, change my tire? And they end up doing all, the whole thing, and he just stands there and watches. <laughs> Looks like you got a flat there, only on one side. Yeah, yeah. And then you have Mel Tillis in this, which was he was a he had a he had a really good singing voice, had a lot of country hits, but he was known for his like comedy act because he stuttered. And then he like he was on Hee Haw a bunch, and and uh, he would like everything he couldn't. You know, he that was his big thing was was making fun of his uh, physical affliction. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, Bert's slinging a bunch of bullshit, and they're eating it up, and he says that he was from Nashville and that he could, you know, do all this stuff for them. And uh, uh, Jerry Reed's character, Wayne, just totally doesn't even believe it, which makes Bert feel like that he kind of has to prove that you know, carry right. on, carry on with the bullshit. Because number one, he wants to fuck Dixie, and number two, uh, he just—he's like one of these ones that will carry. He's like George Costanza; he'll carry the lie out, you know, to the nth degree. 
So he kind of, they kind of just fall into shit because Bert doesn't know anybody in Nashville, but he tells him he does and he starts setting this stuff up. But his, his charisma, he's kind of a huckster and his charisma kind of goes, the, the one woman even tells him, tells him, uh, you know, with your mouth and that smile or whatever, you could probably go somewhere. And so he starts bullshitting his way all the way down the line, getting them gigs and everything. Meanwhile, there's this um, this asshole. Uh, I was going to say online. <laughs> <They> didn't <have laughs> online back then. This radio personality, um, Hester Tate. <laughs> he's a uh, he's like an evangelist, and he he um, gets. He, he hires Art Carney, which is – Art Carney was pretty good in this uh, because he was known, you know, the Honeymooners, and he was in a lot of movies and everything. Um, what the hell was the one where he had the cat? He won an Academy Award with it. Harry and Tonto. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, he ends up um, – he was an ex-policeman, and he was so – he's such a holy roller – that he won't work, he he quit being a cop even though he was the best cop there was he was like a pit bull you know he if he was on somebody's scent or whatever he would he wouldn't stop until he caught him he'd go all the way across the country tracking somebody and everything but he quit being a cop because he didn't want to work on Sundays he was against <laughs> the, on the Sabbath yeah it was against God uh, ooh and um uh, <laughs> Dixie. Is kind of a cute little hot piece of poontang, as they say down there, and they say up here too. Um, and um, she's, you know, I think she was actually she had a hit song. They, I can't remember whose song. It was a Marvin Gaye song. Oh. She pl- actually played on a some kind of a Motown thing. They only had like a like maybe a, one or two or a handful of white acts on this uh, record label that was for Motown or it actually was Motown. I don't know, but she, I think she had like one kind of a minor hit. It was a Marvin Gaye song I read. Um, and Bert's always trying to get some puss from her, but she's real. So he knows that he can't take the direct approach because she's like, you know, if, if that's all you want, blah, 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 blah. So he's, he's not stupid enough to, to take well, he's not going to take the rejection, but he's not stupid enough to continue with his what he would use on the regular chicks. He knows that yeah. he's going to have to manipulate her ass to get that puss. I like when she overpowers. Him. Yeah, and you know that. Yeah, because he jumps on her. He's got like some chicken, and he's sitting on the bed eating a bucket <laughs> of chicken or whatever. He's eating the fried chicken. He's baby. like, you want some chicken? And then the next thing you know, he just like jumps on her, is like trying to rape her or something. Jeez. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Good old humor, yay, Ray <laughs> Bert, yay, Ray. Um, but it's a it's a lighthearted. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just he thought maybe she was finally into it. Yeah, he was just horny, being being very forward, and and she just like there's not even a punch. It's like lifts him up and turns him over. Like, nope, I'm done. Yeah. And I think that he like the chicken probably tastes. You know, like when you're young. And you get a boner at the drop of a hat. The chicken was probably like the smell of it. It was probably really good. And then it just got all the juices. Flowing. Well, yeah, he's living in his car. It's probably great to get some fried chicken. Oh, and you know, he's while. probably, he, he, I don't know if he would stink because I think he's the kind of guy that probably slept 
in somebody's bed. Some, you know. Yeah, like, he he got he found his way into yeah. into uh, take a shower. Like even the chick that was selling the tickets at the dance thing, she kind of had a big. She was on hee haw too. Oh the, god, the gap she between was the front teeth. <laughs> and he was like, uh, she's like, oh, come back. I'm I'm he, I'm here every day. Yeah, I'm here every day, and I guarantee he'd have cornholed her too. Uh, <laughs> Good old Bert. And then she'd be like, you didn't even tell me where you were from. And he's like, yep. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they they have this, uh, since Bert's robbing all these SOS stations, Hester Tate hires a, uh, what the hell was what's his name's name? He said it a million times. It was Deacon. I think they just called him Deacon. Well, he was, they would say Mr. Something and he would oh, I don't know. say Deacon. It was Art Carney. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, he's chasing after him, and he looks like uh, Robert Mitchum in uh, Night of the Hunter. He's yeah, he's got the black. like the bow tie thing, uh, kind of like Colonel Sanders in black. Yeah. So Bert, at first they don't know that he does all these robberies and shit, but then he actually gets them um, uh, involved. Like they're in the <laughs> car, and they're like, "What the fuck?" You know, right? In the, you know, he just pulls up the gas station. He's just, and they're like. What the fuck's going on? And um, they don't like it at first, but then they kind of he manipulates them, and they're they're kind of dumb. And uh, he talks them into, uh, you know, that it's a good thing, nobody's getting hurt, and he spins the shit about SOS and everything with them. Now, there is one scene in this, and I couldn't remember at first. Uh, Ned, okay, you have Jerry Reed, who was a um, a Bert uh, in Bert's camp there for a long time. Ned Beatty is in this, and that James Hampton that you said was the dad in Teen Wolf. Right. Uh, there's several people in, in Hal Needham that were along with Bert for a long, long time after this. Um, but Ned Beatty plays a really cool character because at first he is like a, a famous uh, country western singer, and he's on the Grand Old Opry, and he's really famous. Well, when Bert introduced, he kind of swindles his way in there and mm -hmm. gets to meet Ned Beatty. And at first, Ned Beatty, they could have just played it straight out like that. Like he was, when he first meets Dixie, the only thing he sees is like he wants to fuck her. And he like pulls real sleazy. He's fat and he pulls her over and has him sit, has her sit on his knee. And then he says something about, I wish I was in Dixie and everybody, all the people in his band start <laughs> laughing. And then he's bouncing her up and down on his knee. And he says something about, I can feel something growing right now. And he's being real pervy. Well, Bert and the, the Dixie dance or the dance Kings are, you know, Dixie's so dumb that she doesn't, well, she's starstruck, <laughs> but she's also so dumb that she doesn't realize that this guy's an old pervert. Yeah. Well, then I like how that scene kind of turns around because, like, Ned Beatty's probably, it'd be like a, a hair metal band guy where you have these groupies that are just constantly just wanting to suck your dick and you, and you just can, you can just be a straight out perv. Yeah. But then when he realizes that this Dixie girl is actually like a, a real nice girl, he, he kind of feels ashamed. And I like how that turned because even the guys in his band are like laughing their asses off and he just goes, shut up, you know, <laughs> you all shut up now or whatever. And then he kind of is like, you know, he, he even says something to the effect of, you know, I, I kind of forget sometimes, you know, how, how yeah. being real, real people or whatever. So I like that. And then they have some, you don't have 
like uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Maybe it's because the cars were such giant, big upside down bathtubs. <laughs> but you don't have some the 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 car chase things are more realistic. Like you don't have like jumps, like where they'll hit a ramp and jump. yeah. Well, he that remember he, he does get a, a lot of air once. And you could tell they wrecked the shit out of it too. Like it was, it was during the the bank part, and he flies through the air and like the. I mean, it fucking. It's like the Dukes of Hazard back yeah. in the uh, in the intro when you could fucking. They would jump the car, and when you when it would land, you could just see it like the frame buckling. Yeah, just, <laughs> you could you know this thing got ruined with this jump because dirt just flies up over it, yeah, and, those, and then they land, and everybody's fine in the car. Those and old cars he had, off. had you know they were just nothing but steel. Yeah. And I and and you know nothing like what compared to today. No safety, anything in them. And um, um, now they would have like the drums and everything tied to the top, and they'd go through these car chases like they must have tied that shit down with goddamn super glue because that <laughs> shit wouldn't even move. And what's funny was the especially with the bank, um, they have. All the equipment, all the, the the drums and everything tied, uh, the the guitar cases and everything tied to the top of the car. They have big posters on the like the back, uh, the spare tire thing that say like you know W or the you know Dixie and the Dance Kings and everything, and they go rob a place. It's like, well, now what the fuck? Um, I like his little. Um, even though he would rob these places, including the bank and everything, they, there was always some humor. Like when he'd have this box and he'd say this box is full of TNT, and then when the uh, bomb disposal unit comes, I thought that was funny. The little yeah, yeah. And then there was a gimmick about his gun and shit like that. So it's all kind of lighthearted. So it's never you never think that. Oh, and, and Flo was the bank teller. Oh, that was Flo from Alice. From Alice, yeah. Okay. She was. I always kind of wanted to screw her. Anyway. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, I, and I was and I was only like six. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was. I always liked Flo when I was a kid. Stow it, Flo! I never wanted to screw Vic Tabak though. No. Um, well, no. you know, I don't know. Maybe um, the Flo in uh, the Scorsese film was pretty cute too. The um, in a gum chewing redneck kind of way. She, what Scorsese? What? Which Scorsese? Uh, Alice doesn't live here. Anymore. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I love that movie. Um, that was that was a uh, Diane Ladd, or I think what? Yeah. Okay. But, One of her related. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, and you thought she was hot. No wonder you're you're from the south. Yeah, distant cousin. It's fine. Yeah, here. that's all right. It's North Carolina. Just do it in the butthole. Um Stars and Bars, baby. Yeah. Now I like that they set it up where <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> South's gonna rise heritage. again. Heritage. 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 It's heritage, damn it. Well that was the thing Ned Beatty said. I just remembered he get, they said South's gonna rise again. He goes, I feel it rising right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, boner joke. <laughs> um, Bert comes across an SOS attendant that is the meanest bastard on the planet Earth, and none of his. I don't give a dog them. about the vols. <laughs> the vols. <laughs> what do you say? The only thing that roots is hogs. The only thing that roots is hogs. And then Bert said something to him. He goes, "Mister, I'm getting tired of trying to make you laugh." And that guy was—he was just mean <laughs> as shit, you know. And I, they had to have gotten the uh, okay. From Dukes of Hazard, they had to have gotten the car horn from this movie. Yeah. And then White Lightning, um, uh, Roy, who was Bo Hopkins in White Lightning, had the uh, stars and bars on the hood of his car. And in Dukes of Hazard, they had it on the 
roof of the general. Now, have you seen Moonrunners? Moonrunners was that Mitchum? That's a Mitchum. One of the Mitchum kids, yeah. And some, but that's the same thing. There's like Uncle Jesse in that, and the two. Well, yeah, they they uh, the guy that wrote Moonrunners sued the Dukes of Hazard because they basically stole all his shit. God, I love the Dukes of Hazard so much. And then I also remember that they said that like they had Bert come to uh, the set or something like that a few times or wanted him to or whatever because they said that show was so inspired by all his car chase movies and everything. But so anyway, um, the the movie is kind of a – like I said, it's kind of lighthearted. I was reading on this that, you know, um, that – they said that they were, you know, people. If you look back now, it had everything that other Burt movies that were really successful um, had, but this one wasn't as big of a hit. This was kind of bef- right before he started hitting it big with, uh, because he was Smokey and the Bandit. Of course, was the one that really just launched him. Well, yeah, and Smokey and the Bandit was what only like a year after this. Yeah, so. and um. But like this one, White Lightning. Oh no, he had a few. Uh, Gator came after this. Gator, um, Lucky Lady, which I haven't seen. Hustle, and Nickelodeon. God, he had four movies in the in. Uh, wait, in between seventy five and seventy six, one, two, three, four, five, six movies in two years. He was busy. Yeah, Hustle was the one where he was a cop and he was in love with a prostitute who was Catherine Deneuve with her thick ass blonde hair that you just want to. <laughs> um, but um, they, I'm telling you back in the, like the say the seventies and eighties, this, this movie was on TV all the time. And it was, a, I remember my friends and I, we all loved it. It was, but it just kind of disappeared. So that's kind of why, why I wanted to do it. And it was on YouTube for free. Boop, boop, yep. Boop. Um, I don't have a ton to add. The um, boop, 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 boop. he let's see. Boop, boop, boop. Hal Needham, I see you mentioned that. Oh, I, I like the old lady when so when he's first trying to like con them in Nashville, taking them up there, and he has them booked at Rosie's Nashville Corral, <laughs> and that's like shitty little bar with like three people inside that Crap, has a talent the Elvis show. Impersonator. The Elvis impersonator I went to see was better than that guy. <laughs> but I, I loved when he goes up to the bar and he's like, "I'll have the usual," and the old that Rosie's like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I wish and I then, was like him because he he could just go anywhere by himself and just fucking. Talk him, talk his way into anything like pussy. F- mm-hmm. He never probably paid for anything in his life, you know. <laughs> yeah, all the shit was in his trunk. He really, really did live in his car. He had the life. Um, and the there's not that much that stands out like in the direction of it. Um, it does have the kind of the John G. Avildsen, um I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name, but he always does this kind of like underdog stories. And it's kind of almost what this is too. Cause you're rooting for this guy that obviously is just, he's uh I'll tell you one thing that, that it, it just brought out something when we were, when I was saying how like sometimes you'll hear a song and it reminds you of something was mm-hmm. um, when uh, the Deacon is in the backseat of the car and Bert's driving and Bert wants to listen to uh, the Dance Kings because they're playing on the Grand Old Opry and he wants to turn the radio on. Right. And that guy's like, turn it on, Hester Tate. <laughs> I used to have relatives. Like you'd go on a, on say like you drove to Myrtle Beach 
or I had these one relatives that were, it was my mom's aunt. So it'd be like my great aunt. And we'd go mm-hmm. to uh, like Cleveland to visit them. They didn't, I don't think they had a TV Ooh. and they were really into going to church. And my uncle Joe, they had an organ in their living room. Jesus. And we would sit there and he would get on the organ and play like church music and they would sing hymns. Ugh. And we were so bored and I was like, I want to watch fucking Bulldog Brow or I want to watch wrestling or whatever, you know, and, and I, I, I would hate it. It was just like, uh. and that's why he was like, you know, made Bert listen to the fucking church. Yeah, so my, 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 my dad's mom, my grandmother, <sighs> I, I, when we'd go, we'd always go visit her like every other Sunday and she would have like uh, some kind of church service playing on the radio and her living room. And you wonder why those people are so fucked up in the head. Yeah. Now, if that's your, I mean, my God, if that's your idea of entertainment, and that's, one, <laughs> I think, one of the reasons that like, a lot of people that go to church, we were talking when we went on this trip, and I won't, you know, you won't know. Nobody would know that's listening except maybe my sisters. But we were talking about somebody that was like my mom's age that I grew up with, and now she's a big holy roller. But then talking about like her screwing around on her husband and shit all the oh, time. Geez. It's because they're bored because they're listening to that. They want to be dedicated to that crap, um, so that like they hedge their bets so they're going to go to heaven. It's like these church girls that are that are so uh, holier than now and everything. But then you get them in the sack and they'll let you butt fuck them and everything else. They're like really <laughs> wild, you know. You could like jizz in their fucking every hole on their body but then you know they're they're they but then in public they want to put on the you know the 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 church going persona even though they're full of jizz just dripping out yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. the um like jizz. But as, as as far as this goes with the um <laughs> with with the direction of it i one thing i did, really didn't like was the cheesy wipes between uh yeah between scenes it was like the different shapes and i mean it felt like a corny tv show yeah, with that but um and and yeah ww dad you mentioned this with had a very unique method of getting away in the car because every time he would ever get chased he would just fucking drive around in circles yeah i see. thought that was weird because he could get like go get away but he would just like drive around I like, next thing you know he's like right back at the bank yeah he'd pass the bank like three times knocking the shit over and uh, uh, oh, and the, the with the shotgun stuff, or the whole fucking gas station like explodes. <laughs> so uh, it's a it's a it's a silly little movie. Yeah. I, you know, I I uh, I got bored a couple times, but uh, you know, Burt Reynolds keeps it keeps the the charm going. And you, it's, okay, it's, let me ask you a question. I just thought of this. Maybe I'm just not remembering. Did you hear him go ha 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 one time in this movie? Yeah, right at the beginning. He he he. he Bert laughs when the gas station attendant at the beginning tells him that he only makes forty bucks a week. Oh, <laughs> and he la- he laughs at him there. Forty bucks a week? You kidding? And Bert kind of puts on a, a a southern accent in this too, you know. Yeah. Well, he does. He does not do the Bert laugh at all in in Stick. No. Well, he was no serious Bert laugh. That. No Bert laugh. No, no Bert laugh. <laughs> well, we can rate this. Okay. Oh, you want, me, you want? Yes, you go first. Um. For nostalgia, I, it's um, it's it's not uh, his best. It's not his worst. Yeah. Six point 
five. I'm right there. Okay. I said six point five. Also, it's a solid little movie. It's it's a comedy, so know that going in. It's not like uh, White Lightning. Oh, it's like Bert without a mustache too. You know. Okay. Speaking of that, I was just looking at the picture on of Stick. Um, His mustache is really bad in that one because it's kind of skinny. It's too skinny and it's groomed way too much. He got in that mode. I liked like in. Um, I liked. He had a beard at the mustache. beginning though. Huh? He had a beard at the beginning. Of yeah, it. and that, I didn't like that either. I didn't, I didn't like oh, I like Bert Beard. Um, I like when he kind of like in in uh, Seamus and at the beginning of the Longest Yard where he kind of had a bushier mustache. Mm-hmm. I like that, and I like Bert without a mustache. Yeah, I like I like uh, yeah the groomed mustache is no good. Um, no mustache is interesting. His movies seem to be like he some of his better movies happen without a mustache. Yeah. Um, as far as like serious movies, but then his more popular movies were with mustache. Yeah, and then the beard was kind of mixed in there from time to time. And there was one called The Man Who Loved Cat Dancing. It's a western with him, and I think Lee J maybe Lee J Cobb's in that too, and Vera Miles, who was known for. She wasn't very good looking, but she was in some movies where she'd either get raped or fucked a lot. <laughs> and um, he had a beard and a must a beard and a mustache in that one. Yeah, he had a, and he had some gray in his beard at the beginning of Stick. I would like to see Bert in a movie where he just had the Abraham Lincoln beard and no mustache. <laughs> well, I think Bert. he's he's in really really super bad shape right now. Uh, well, like he's, he's old man. Yeah, he's not. Uh, I don't. I hate. I don't want. You know. I don't want to say it, but I don't. You know, wouldn't surprise me if Bert's not going to be around much for. Yeah, well, they, they were auctioning years. off all his shit last year. Yeah. So I like when he got old. He turned into a real old bastard. Like uh, um, reporters and stuff would like be asking him questions, and he'd slap them across the face. There's a few of those on YouTube where he'd huh. he'd slap people. I wonder if he's like losing his shit a little bit. Well, I think he just doesn't care. You know, when you reach a certain age, it's like I don't give a shit, yeah. and I've got money. And so I'll just pay you off, so I'll just slap your fucking face. Yeah. Well. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't have my YouTube clip up. Maybe I'll, I'll look it up on the break. The 10-hour Burt The 10-hour Burt laugh, yeah. All right, uh, let's take a break and come back, and we'll do uh, <laughs> Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yeah. Andy Sedaris. We'll be yeah, right back. Yeah. Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The Smooth Sound, Fabulous 1340, K.A.B. <laughs> so majestic, I could see all the waterfalls now. <laughs>
taking too long. Come on, we need the chorus. all the time yeah. all right hard ticket to hawaii they obviously have never lived here <laughs> yes they're here jesus christ um hard ticket to hawaii this is directed by andy sedaris um would you care to synopsize you have a looks like you have a mouthful of a synopsis too speaking Two. of mouthful both donna spear oh go ahead Two drug enforcement agents are killed on a private Hawaiian island. Donna and Taryn, two operatives for the (laughs) agency, accidentally intercept a delivery of diamonds intended for drug lord Seth Romero, who takes exception and tries to get them back. Soon, other agency operatives get involved. And a full-scale fight to the finish ensues, complicated here and there by an escaped snake made deadly by toxic waste. For some reason, they capitalize toxic waste. Oh, I forgot I should say toxic waste. And it's not toxic waste. It is actually, some let me find out. I wrote it down. It was... um. Uh, infected with deadly toxins from cancer-infested rats. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's a hard ticket, though. It is a very hard ticket to Hawaii. So this is an Andy Sedaris movie. Now, his movies are, amazingly, after the first one called Savano 7 or 7, they're all pretty much associated with each other somehow. You have this agency, and then these these... They don't say what the agency is, but um, I thought it was the drug enforcement agency. They kept saying, "In the well, yeah, they do say drug, but I it's it was like DEA or whatever." But maybe not. Uh, I didn't. Well, they never wear uniforms. Yeah. They don't have. Well, any they, they kind of have uniform when they're flying the planes. <laughs> that's sort of uniform. Well, Cowboy I think that's boots. their uniform was for, for being cargo delivery. I think that's their undercover uniforms. That's the slut uniform. Yeah, yeah I like it. Um, now, Andy Sedaris used to be, uh, uh, what did he do? Sports broadcasting. You know, like he would produce, um, he would produce like Monday Night Football and shit. Yeah, I think. he but, even wrote this shit. Um, he wrote a lot of them. Yeah. And um, so sometime in the 70s, after working on a little TV, doing some stuff with sports, he yeah. realized, okay. you know what? I can take these like sports guys and I could take these, like, playboy women that probably can't get an acting job somewhere else that aren't going to really get any more money. I could put them in these movies for cheap. And people will like it, maybe. So, and they're all related, which is pretty great. And they all have the agency. And at least I've I've seen through, like, Savage Beach. I haven't seen after that. But um, he, uh, so yeah. A- Andy Andy Sedaris is like, if you give, uh, um, if if you gave uh, shit, um, 
<laughs> I just blanked. Uh, Anima to Martin Scorsese and no, um, it's like it's like Russ Meyer. That's the name I was trying to think of. Yeah. I was like Mondo Topless, Mondo Topless. Russ Meyer because <laughs> all of his all of his women, none of them wear bras. They do yeah. have tan lines. All of them have tan lines. Oh yeah, but no bra, uh, no bra to be seen. And but they but then he makes them all badass. And like guys usually have something like. Something corny about, or it's always about the guys. It seems that the, the guys are never the, like the main hero of the movies. They're just pieces of wood and speedos. <laughs> and speaking of pieces of wood and speedos, this is starring Ron Moss, yeah. who I think you have a uh, a history with. Yeah, from Bold and the Beautiful. He's Ridge Forrester from Bold and the Beautiful. <laughs> I was not a Bold and the Beautiful watcher. I was well, more of a Days of Our Lives guy when I was growing up. But. He. Has been on Bold and the Beautiful. Okay, he's. I think he's still on there. Now, when was this made? 87. 87. Now, he... 30 years later, he still looks exactly the same. And he still... Okay, <laughs> in 1987, Moss was offered the role of Ridge Forrester on the new soap opera, Bold and the Beautiful, and accepted. Now, this was made when? 87. Maybe 87. this was his break. Okay, and I will tell you this. Uh, just... I don't know how, but one time I was flipping channels, uh, probably like last year. Now his hair is completely gray. Okay. But he, but same style, same hairstyle, completely gray. He looks exactly the same, and he is still fucking horrible. <laughs> uh, he has not. You know, you would think it's like Chuck Norris. You would think he would get at least a little bit better. He's still just a piece of wood. <laughs> you know. No, I never imagined. That Harold Diamond, he's the other main guy in the this. Harold guy? Diamond was in a couple of the uh, um, the the other the Hollywood, uh, not Hollywood Cop. He was in God, what was that other Am- Amir Sharavan movie he was in? Uh, I'll have to look that up. But he um, he was in a few of the, these like really bad directed video action movies. Um, what was the Gyp, I don't know, Killing American Style? He was in for that one, and he's really terrible. But he totally outshines Ron Moss. Now, not as far as like looks go. He's not as good looking as Ron. Nah, Moss. he's not as good looking, and and that. But his karate is pretty good, the I hair guess. Is really pathetic. That's like <laughs> he's got like this French bun. braid ponytail thing in the whole movie. It's really. And I must bad. add, yeah, that Ron Moss was not just famous for this movie and The Bold and the Beautiful. In 1978, mm-hmm. okay, Ron Moss, in the first three weeks of 1978, um, Ron Moss teamed up with uh, Peter Breckett and J.C. Crowley, and on the drums, John Friesen, to form the one-hit wonder band Player. And in yeah. 1978, their single, Baby Come Back, occupied the number one position I I know that song on the national pop charts. Uh, yeah, that's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Baby come uh, back. I look up baby come back. So anyway, um. That is something. So the uh, Andy Sedaris does not take. He does not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does not waste any time at all no. uh, introducing uh, us to the uh, 
the large front of Donna Spear as him and as Donna and um, Donna playing Donna and Ron playing Rowdy. Rowdy, uh, Rowdy Ron. <laughs> <laughs> are are banging on a boat. <laughs> Rowdy Abilene. Yep. Nice. Here we go. Let me see. Let's see if there's an, I don't know if there's an ad here. Oh, there is an ad. Um but anyway, so yeah, Donna Spear takes off her top really quick and um did you feel the the sensual sexual chemistry between the two? All the time, totally. Ron Moss was so manly, and the the testosterone seem, was just flowing. He was it, not interested at all. It seemed like the two. Okay, they embraced. They would do like the the tit hug. Yeah, and he never touched them. He would just touch like he'd like brush his thumb on the side of her tit. And these are these are tits, by the way, that you could hold in two with one tit, two hands, and it would still <laughs> overflow out. <laughs> they were nice, and and I, I'll tell you this. Um, there he is playing keyboard. Now, Where? No, maybe he's on guitar. These chicks had tan tits. Uh, yeah, they yeah, did. He was the bass player, I think. Oh, I, I didn't. He looked like him on. This is a fuzzy video. Okay, maybe it was. Maybe he was Definitely not him singing. Yep, yep. There he is on bass. I can see him now. Fuck yeah! All right, so. Anyway, um, I don't remember this. I, this is the kind of this is the kind of writing you have. I'm gonna leave this song going. I, this is the kind of writing it has. I don't remember what this is even referenced to. It's something with them with Ron Moss trying not to touch Donna Spears' tits, but he says to her in this really cheesy uh, um, approach or this uh, delivery, he says, "Are you kidding? I've got better things to do with my body temperature." And then it starts the music. Oh, and it's, so does, it's so cheesy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the acting is already superb 30 seconds in. And we have nudity 30 seconds in. Giant boobs. So, and speaking of giant boobs, the, the Molokai drug enforcement agents. Oh, my God. They're interested. They're, one of them is like this pudgy guy with his pants up to his nipples. And um, that, that kind of sets up the story because they come in on... They, they, these two guys, they come in on, I guess, what's drugs getting unloaded on this... Molokai Island. I don't know if Molokai is the island or if it's like another little small island where people just want to hang out uh, because you have to fly there. There's no like, there's no civilization it seems. But is this too loud? No, um, that's great. <laughs> that's the best episode we've ever done. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they 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 come up on it and they're like, oh shit, we shouldn't be here, and they start trying to run away. And one of them trips over this wire and they get hung upside down. And then you get introduced to Shades, who Shades. is kind of the, the head of the, <laughs> the... He's the Shades is the head of the uh, the henchman. Oh, this guy's playing two keyboards at once. Holy fuck. Um, <laughs> Dude, how could they only be a one-hit wonder? I don't know. Because Ron Moss had to move on. <laughs> yeah, he had to... That was, his, that was him doing that, by the way. Was it? That, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, but he... Um, so they, they get hung up in the tree, and, and Shades, the aviator guy, he's got this interesting way of looking out of his glasses because his head's always kind of tilted back and to the right a little bit. <laughs> like he's always... He's a dick. <laughs> Shades is a piece of shit. Who is this turkey? Um, but uh, he goes, run these two guys to the shedder and shredder and feed them to the fish. Yeah. And um, It's nasty. Yeah, and so the drug enforcement agents get killed, and that's... At the same time, we're learning that Donna Spear is getting sent here to kind of investigate this drug thing going on, and 
And Ron Moss is worried about it. I'm going to rewind the song. It's about to end. I, I love the... We'll I, I spoke about it before, but I love their um, undercover um, uniforms when they fly. They... <laughs> and they're not they're not shy about, like, just showing their... They're, like, taking off their clothes in front of each other. So I thought there would be maybe a, a little lesbian stuff going on, but we never no. did that. No, no. There's there uh, there is some lesbian stuff that happens in, in, in Andy Sedaris movie. Have you seen any of his other movies before? I, no, I, I I swear to God, I they're all kind of like this. When the bad girl, that's the bodybuilder kind of girl with the nunchucks, is going to torture and she goes through all those poses. I've seen that before, so I thought maybe I've seen this. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I have seen this because you know it was she probably was... on Skinamax, and I probably watched it. But yeah, like, she was juggy too. Um, but the. <laughs> I like how the opening credits here are all written on crates. I thought that was pretty creative. That's cool. yeah, okay. And then uh, I started watching uh, Malibu Express, which took place after this one. And then that one, the, all the in, all the this, so in that in that movie, the story is the Russians are smuggling computers, and um, the all the credits are done on a computer screen. So anyway, um, now I realize we did need the opening credits, but. It takes five minutes here for like. No, like listen, I can, with with this said, I can say also that this movie probably could have been forty five minutes oh, yeah. and had the same amount of stuff. But um, you gotta say that the practical effects with the snake were pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, like so we get like somebody we, just had a, a pan puppet. We we take five minutes just to establish of, of five minutes of warehouse footage of like guys moving crates around and stuff to introduce this contaminated snake this danger caution contaminated snake that's infected with deadly toxins from cancer infested rats and it looks <laughs> it looks so bad this the snake okay if anybody has ever seen a snake in real life what do they do they sit there with their mouth closed and they flick their tongue I'll do this, this, one. this snake cannot close his mouth he just <laughs> at all times it was, on, it was on somebody's hand i'm telling you he was like a rabbit um, but yeah, and his fangs were super thick. Yeah. They just looked like <laughs> it looked like uh, dog teeth. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, so we, we've already seen Donna Spears tits. Hope, Hope Marie Carlton is the other is the other heroine. She plays Tamron, Taryn, Taryn, I think. Um, let's see. Yes, Taryn, and Taryn's taking a swim, and she comes up to sw- to wash off after swimming. And for no reason at all, in an outdoor shower, she takes off her top to shower off. And then just leaves it there, too. And just leaves it there. She leaves on the bottom. So there's no, there's no, uh, there's no uh, lower nudity in this. Although in the next one, in Malibu Express, we do get a shower scene with, with the main guy who takes a shower. And we get an ass shot of him for some reason. <laughs> like, full frame, like, that's all he sees his ass, but... So, um, but yeah, she's she's immediately naked. She's on the screen for 30 seconds tops before she's nude as well. Um, God bless you, Sedaris. But um, Donna Spear, like I said, plays Donna. Um, I, w- I, wonder if, I wonder how tough it was for Donna to add an extra N to her name. And, <laughs> and Ron's got R-O-N-N. And, yeah, Ron, Ron has two N's regularly, so he, has, uh, he knows how to handle the two N's, unlike Donna. But, um... <laughs> the uh, when when they when they first make their delivery, that's kind of their undercover thing. They've been moved to this island. Their undercover thing is they make cargo deliveries on between the islands in Hawaii. 
And uh, the I'm going to stop this before it starts again. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but the while while they're there, they take two campers. Um, that's part of their cargo is delivering. Uh, is helping. Uh, I guess they're going on their honeymoon, but these two people that are just going to camp apparently only for one night, and um, they're going to camp out on this island and <laughs> take polar these really awkward Polaroid pictures. <laughs> oh, that's great, honey. She just picks up her hands and uh, oh, that's great, perfect. You look great. But um, they I like how Hope Marie Carlton just leisurely carries around nunchucks with her while they're yeah. uh, walking around there. And it's the cheap-looking nunchucks, too, that just have, like, a rope in the middle, not the chain. Those, yeah, they're probably plastic. They're probably the bodybuilding chick does have real ones. Yeah. She has the she has the chain ones later on. But none of them, like, use them. Like, they just hold them together. Th- yeah, like, or she throws hers. Yeah, I like, uh, like, Bruce Lee would fucking do the yeah. whip them around and shit. Dig but um, she does get to throw them at the fatty henchman. There's that one fat guy. Fat henchman. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he got and the she, star in the shoulder. Yeah, she pulls a ninja star out of her boot and throws it at him too. Okay, like now here's, here's a question. Yeah, those guys come and they like one the the one guy's got a shotgun and then fat guy's got a gun. Okay, but the two hot chicks with their cowboy boots and their jumpsuits that <laughs> the tiniest shorts ever that are cut the, all the way up to their butt crack. Her but, shorts were so short, yeah. like Donna Spear, and she loves standing. If you ever watch this movie, Donna Spear loves standing with with her right foot like up, like propped up on something. Yeah, so you can kind of almost see her crotch. Her lips are hanging out. Yeah, um, and like I, I thought when at first I was like, "Holy shit, is she just not wearing pants?" That's yeah. like how short the shorts are. But they totally they use the ninja stars and nunchucks and totally subdue these guys, beat the fucking shit out of them. And the guys are laying there un- almost unconscious, and instead of getting their guns and arresting the guys or whatever, <laughs> or just even just taking away. their guns, they leave the guns right beside the guys and go, all right, let's get out of here <laughs> while, we can- while we still have a chance. Well, you- their guys are almost dead. <laughs> and so what do the guys do? They get up, and they pick their guns up and come after them. That oh, little fucking helicopter thing was stupid. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot the, de- the helicopter delivery, the remote control helicopter that so somehow – these guys can fly from about a mile away yeah. and land in trees without it hitting anything. Yeah, and they can't see yeah. unless it had a little camera on it or something. Maybe it had a camera on it. And what kind of range could that thing have? And then uh, uh, when the helicopter's coming and the two girls are standing there like, what is that thing? Oh, my God, it's coming right at us. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. They're like, we got to go check it out. And the little door opens on the side. Just to, they, do, they do all of this. This, uh, yeah, this, this. <laughs> complex delivery system for diamonds or for these little boxes of diamonds when this island is abandoned essentially <laughs> all they had to do was just land the boat and just hand them over yeah. anyway stupid i liked it um but, but <laughs> so we flip back we get that that story established now we've got the the the, the drug guys the diamonds and drugs guys and we flip, we flip, flip back yeah with romero cesaro whatever the hell his name was Something. Uh, Seth Romero, and um, we flip. That's a fucking wrestler. That is a that is a wrestler. He wrestled. Uh, he wrestled Kevin Owens last week. Get him. Get um, the diamonds. But uh, we flip back to. I don't know if they're in California or another island in Hawaii, but uh, this is where we're introduced to Harold Diamond. We get this really awkward sparring session where Harold Diamond's kind of teaching 
Ron had uh, a... Yeah, I thought that was going to turn into... Like, I watch too much porn, but <laughs> I swear I thought that was going to turn into like some kind of a, like a, uh, a gay porn thing. It was pretty gay regardless, of it, even if they weren't kissing each other, but... Um, wow! There's, there's this... <laughs> <laughs> there's this there's this really there's the, so their 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 base of operations is Edie's um uh, Edie don't worry Edie shows her tits too um Edie's the hostess and owner of this restaurant where all the agents kind of meet and Edie's kind of their contact to get information for that's Donna and uh Tara Taryn and um and I love I, that might be the most gratuitous uh, nudity for for Edie later on when she has to go meet somebody and it just we cut to her changing clothes. I'm telling you what, when she had that like light brown thing on and no bra underneath, it, it, there was a couple times I was like, God. I mean, she, far you away it didn't look too yeah. bad, but when you got up close, you could see like the tit and the nipple and everything right through. Yeah, it's awesome. But she changes clothes and she puts on her pants and boots before putting on her top. Sure. And, um, don't yeah, why not? Me. You don't want to, you know, pull something. <laughs> and those pants were, so, you definitely saw some camel toe. With now, were you pants. fooled at all? Okay. Now, I've never seen <laughs> With the Lonnie Anderson. Tr- tr- I, I thought, I was like, okay, man, this chick's wearing a lot of makeup. And her voice, you know, she was like, okay, doll, whatever, like that. Like, you know, but, you know, some chicks that smoke a lot have that voice. Plus, this was kind of a sleazy movie. But then I hit, I was just thinking I started to say something about the chick with the the kind of deep voice and then you know what happened. Yeah, um, there was a but the, at Edie's there's the waiter that works there. He's just there for like gross one liners. He's the whole Larry time. from Three's Company. <laughs> yeah, he's like the guy that hangs out with the Regal Beagle. Yeah, and and, uh, and Andy Sedaris keeps making appearance in there totally pointlessly, but. Uh, he's producing some kind of sports broadcast. <laughs> Girl, there. She comes over and she's he's yeah he's produced that thing and that blonde comes. I'll over have a pair goes, of coffee. You, you practically raped me last night, and he goes, ah, that was last night. Today's a new day. <laughs> and the the waiter says to him, "Hey man, if you go down on her, you'll be kissing the back of my head because I'll already be there. <laughs> I think I think you know what I mean." It's like, no, I don't. Maybe you should explain it further. <laughs> You just totally spilled it out for us, but Go down and there, you're gonna be eating my jizz. And it was funny as soon as I was typing that note, and uh, when I looked back up, there all of a sudden there was two people fucking on the beach, and I'm like, who are these people? I <laughs> I had no, I didn't know, I didn't know what happened. But that was Taryn. She meets some guy and immediately bangs on the beach. Was that the that the football guy? The football player, yeah. Yeah, she had she had met him before, Billy Joe, oh, Jim Bob, Billy ba- Billy had, Jack, something yeah. else, yeah. But um, so they have made the call, um, Taryn and uh, 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 Donna. How did I forget Donna? Jesus, what's wrong with me? <laughs> but um, <laughs> so Ron and uh, not Ron, Rowdy and what was uh, the other guy's name? Jade. Jesus Christ, his name was Jade. Rowdy okay. Jade. <laughs> Rowdy and Jade are coming over to help, and when they get there, they're riding down in the on their jeep. <laughs> <laughs> This might be uh, so, no joke. One of my favorite scenes in a movie. It's fucking ever. iconic. It's amazing. So they're driving along when they land on the island in their new in their fancy jeep and their uh, their their shitty jeep wrangler. And uh, Jade says, "Hang on, Rowdy. We got some nutcase in front of us." And we see it's one of the henchmen. But I recognize them because of these like 
Hawaiian print Zubaz pants that he wears yeah. all the time. But he's driving down the road on a skateboard, but he's doing a handstand. And you know, the only reason he was in this movie is... Because he could do that. Saw him doing that and said, well, we'll put you in here, and then that'll be a great thing. We can use it somehow. So he's one of the he's the guy that got his ass kicked with the fat guy at the beginning. Yeah. And I don't know why, but he's doing a handstand, and he's, he rides by. He's the nutcase. Man, he must be smoking some heavy doobies. Heavy doobies. <laughs> as soon as I heard that, I wanted to fucking uh, uh, send you an instant message or a PM. Oh, it was bad. But I don't know what the point of him riding by on the skateboard was. I guess to be uh, uh, to distract them a little bit and get them off, what, off, I would think off if guard. You were, if you were hit, uh, smoking some uh, heavy doobies, the, the last thing you'd be able to do was... I would not be able... I can't even do a handstand now. Yeah. Um, that was pretty impressive. But uh, yeah, so as he goes over the hill, he meets up with Fatty in the in their jeep, whatever they have, and um, they come up and they start shooting at the at. Um, yeah, but before that, the fat guy's driving down the road with a, a goddamn a blow up doll, blow up sex doll, one of those cheap ones, and then they the use that. Now, well, what now? What the hell? Here he comes on the skateboard. So he yeah he arms he arms um the skater. Right. Did they call him skater? Uh-huh. Um, I think he did call him Skater. He arms him with uh, a, an Uzi and the blow up doll. The blow up doll. So he comes back this time. Obviously, he's not doing the the handstand, and somehow he can catch up to a jeep on a skateboard. No, they 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 um, or do they stop and turn around? They they were okay. He went by him doing a handstand. They got in their jeep. Then they came up behind Rowdy and jade went around him and they go oh, oh they passed him and then he comes back went, the same ahead, direction again and that's then right. they stopped and he got out yeah so and then he comes down and um this is the the becomes the running gag because apparently rowdy can't he doesn't shoot very well he doesn't fight very well either but he can't hit anything with a pistol but he's really good with this bazooka mo- missile launcher thing <laughs> <laughs> when that came out i was like what the fuck <laughs> so they um yeah, so I don't want to spoil. You, you got to watch this scene, but anyway, a rocket launcher comes into play. There's a blow up doll and a guy on a skateboard, and it's amazing. <laughs> and you can look up even just this scene. I don't want to tell the whole thing. Yeah, the payoff is totally worth it. It makes no sense, but it's amazing. It's funny. It is very funny. Um, and I've seen this probably four times now, and I crack up. Well, I've never seen it, and and so then I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" Ah, uh, but yeah, I mentioned the gratuitous. The tit shots everywhere. Um, there even the end credits <laughs> have just topless scenes from the movie interspersed in the credits. Um, and that, yeah, Michelle, the bartender, like you asked, she was definitely fooling everybody. I think yeah. what a disguise, right? Um, I would love to have a, a Polaroid of the snake that they they're like. <laughs> Look at the. They find a picture to kind of like the snake yeah. keeps making an appearance, and the, somehow the guy snapped a high speed photo with a Polaroid of just the. I would love to have that Polaroid. Well, then it kind of that scene kind of reminded me of the documentary Grizzly Man. Yeah, ate the people, and then they show up, and it's like, ugh, that was kind of gruesome. Except uh, Donna should have should have uh, held the photo, and she said, "No one can ever see this photo." Yeah. No one I'm surprised when they got there, they were like, "Oh my god, I'm so distressed!" And they take their top off. I like when uh, Donna, when they, when the, the helicopter thing comes at the beginning and the little door opens, no. the diamonds and everything. Well, then when they they fight those guys, throw the 
ninja stars, nunchucks, run away, get in the plane, take off. They get back to the thing, and Donna's like, let's get in the jacuzzi. I do my, I do best, my best thinking there. Yeah, I do my best thinking there. After they'd like almost been killed and all this shit, ah, let's get in the jacuzzi. And they're topless together, like mushing their tits yeah. together to look at these diamonds they found. You should have mushed them to more. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> mush. I love the I love the word mush. Uh, Taz used to say that when he would do commentary on wrestling all the time. Took a boot, boot right to the mush. Um, there's a really random scene uh, where they're doing the sports interview and uh, the the quarterback. Well, I don't know. He said something totally racist, and then, <laughs> well, it's not really. He said what 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 happened on this play, and he said, "I told all the n words." To, to run, run and the, the white end guys zone and all the white guys to protect me or something. <laughs> and then they go to the, the wide receiver and he's like, Jimmy, motherfucker's crazy, but he sure can throw. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was totally out of this place. This is going to ruin us. Yeah, I am disappointed there was no saxophone in any of the, uh, the fucking in the movie. I would like the... to if they would have played Baby Come Back. Or at least have Ron Moss <laughs> sit there and strum the guitar or bass or something. But, yeah, and I was wondering what exactly he kept yelling about when he was in such ecstasy when Donna Spear was just kind of like squatting on the floor. I, was she was she giving him head? I guess she was supposed to be a blowjob, but her face looked like it was up by his chest. Well, he might have a really big dick. That's true. Or maybe she had he was some like, tri- maybe, maybe her giant tits were doing the work. They're, they're in the other room. I thought her and, and uh, Jimmy Jack or whatever were going to get down, but all they did, he showed, like he's like, here's how I like my martini. Oh, no, that's Jade. Oh, that was her Jade? And Jade. Yeah, her and Jade. Yeah. Oh, because I, I thought that I thought there was going to be some fucking in the other. And Jade was Jade was banging Edie. Yeah. The, okay. The, yeah, that's the right. hostess. That wasn't yeah. his woman, so he didn't fuck her. Yeah, he was nice. Yeah. Good guy. Uh, good guy. That Jade with that bun um, in his hair. <laughs> but uh, in the bun, another... when he do karate, it'd be tight like a sumo guy or whatever. But then when he do karate, would, the bun would kind of move around and it would look stupid. Another line Fun. after uh, Ron Moss refused to touch Donna Spears' tits, but I, I did not understand what this meant. She goes, so tell me, what do you feel? And he says, one man's dream is another man's lunch. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't. <laughs> and she goes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like, what does that even mean? Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um. And the other the other scene that might be wow there's three like ridiculous scenes in it the frisbee scene is another you got to see it I don't want to spoil anything I love when Ron Moss says to the one girl he says now get the fuck out of here or whatever and he pulls out a gun and she's like you're an asshole and she's walking away he's like hey Colleen she turns around you got a great ass you too she says, you do too him. but um, the frisbee no, 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 scene no, they were they were throwing they were throwing disc. Yes, throwing disc. Um, you got to see that scene. I don't want to spoil that one, but it, it involves uh, Shades again. And Shades always has white pants, a blue shirt, and aviators on. And he's awesome at the Frisbee. Although he only has one trick. He'll catch it and like toss it under his leg and then catch it again yeah. <laughs> and throw it. That's his trick every time. Um, and I love the – there's a after the, the Frisbee scene – that Ron Moss gives the most half-assed like fist pump ever. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was for the the cops on why a why a mayor. So I can't remember what the hell he said. 
<laughs> he was oh, responsible. Oh, Mo- Molokai. Yeah, he was responsible yeah, yeah, yeah. for killing the cops on Molokai. So, and I and I really appreciate that the missile launcher just keeps making an appearance uh, um, over and over again. They never they reload they re, they only load it like once, but that thing fires so many missiles in this yeah. movie. Um, a dude tries to stab a door to get through it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could have took my hand, put it right through there, and opened that door. And he's stabbing each little louver. And he goes, and the, hey, what was that movie, um, Steven Seagal movie, Hard to Kill? That fucker yeah. was hard to kill. <laughs> yes, he was. It's just like a pile of gore, and he's still getting up. And <laughs> and uh, so so the three like highlight scenes: you got frisbee, you got uh, skater, blow up doll, and um, final final snake, which is pretty amazing too. So um, the snake finally does come around and have a payoff too. So it just keeps going. Oh, and the fr- almost forgot. I always forget about. I almost forgot it again. The last five minutes of the yeah. movie. Well, it's like one of those deals where they 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 go and have like a, a okay, but they go and like they they have like a, a fucking firefight at the compound. Yeah, and, and they wrap everything up, and then they're they had, and then I started thinking. I was like, well, what about the main bad guy? And they th- <laughs> right when that they they think the same thing. Then they then they go deal with that. Then they, then you're like, well, wait a minute. The, what about the snake? <laughs> well, then they actually fooled me because I forgot about the the uh, boss villain guy. Right. Totally. Fair. I mean, he wasn't in it that much. No, he wasn't. But and what uh, was he, he? He was an Asian, a British Asian. British, British Asian. Yeah, his mom was Chinese and his dad was British. Yeah, he was he raised not- in. Hong Kong. The only man. thing Chinese about him was the last name Chang or yeah. whatever. <laughs> he was like a fat white guy yeah. with a British accent. Oh, what else do you? What, do you have anything else to add on this? How one? stupid! Bringing a bringing a knife to or no, Ron Moss. You made the classic mistake, bringing <laughs> a, a knife to a gunfight. And, he, and Spear Brills pulls out that giant magnum. Well, I don't like. Yeah, where the hell was she? Did she have that? Um, there was a one between her tits. One scene where, where they were having the, the kind of firefight thing at um, the compound, and right before it, the the the, the one girl. I don't know if it was t- t- uh, Donna or Tamir or whatever. Taryn. Taryn. Um, she was doing the the the, the like para gliding thing or whatever the hell it is. Oh no, Donna was on the the ultralight. Ultralight plane. Yeah. And they said she's going to drop sound uh sound <laughs> grenades for distraction. <laughs> well, she starts dropping these they look like hand grenades but they just made like a boom, like a loud yeah. grenade noise. And they're like like they're jumping for cover, but they know it's her. <laughs> and then Ron Moss, there was a scene where the guy, I think it was the 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 bartender person and um they're out on the um porch of the place and they're like bah, 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 shooting an uzi or something mm-hmm. and he's got that uh i don't know if he at the time if he had like the pistol i think he had the little ruger pistol or whatever yeah he kept the he kept that that there was like uh, four or five glasses sitting on this table and he, he could hit everyone he hit every single glass but he couldn't <laughs> hit the person standing right there and that, but I like the karate guy. Jade was like, you know, basically like, Jesus Christ, you can't One shoot shot. shit. <laughs> Douche. But uh, I Rowdy. sure look good. And Rowdy, we got to see Rowdy Abilene uh, a number of times in his blue Speedo. And mm-hmm. the time when he, he rode a surfboard in 
to uh, throw disc with uh, shades. <laughs> and I thought for sure, I thought, oh, God, is he going to fight in this goddamn Speedo? But he put a big Hawaiian shirt on for some reason. <laughs> nice ass. You too, Pilgrim. You know, this is one of those movies where if there is a good, every girl in it's good looking. And yes. and if there's a girl in this and she doesn't take her top off, it's like fucking disappointing because everybody does. But there was a couple that didn't. Yeah, well, they're like waitresses. They're only in the movie for like yeah, 30 still, Every major should, character does. They should have took their top off. That is true. They should have had something where like Sedaris's character like... Uh, He's just like washing their tits in the he sink. Tripped, in he the trips bathroom. and falls and like grabs her top and yeah. jerks it off. Yeah. <laughs> you got anything else on this one? Shit. I had to sneeze. Uh, do I what? <laughs> do you have anything else on this one? Nah. It's nah. funny as hell. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love this movie. Sleazy, um, sleazy. Great. I... Uh, I, I give it. I, I we can rate this. I this sounds ridiculous. I probably give this movie like a nine. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's 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 awesome. I agree. You know, it's it's funny all the way through. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I thought was really funny was when you now how how many how long was this movie? Like an hour and a half. Yeah, hour thirty five. Okay, say it's an hour and a half, and and like. They have these montages of uh, like <laughs> sex where they're really not doing anything, but they just right. show different camera angles. Then they show the plane flying around and show like a bunch of scenery, and then they show them frolicking on the beach. Like you said, I swear to God, if they cut cut it down and took out every like montage, the 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 muscle girl she has like a black bikini on and she comes out with her hair pulled back real tight and she's going to torture this girl with nunchucks and she just does these poses and shows off her body like she's like some kind of female bodybuilder or something was she okay was she also the one that talked to Michelle when she comes or was that a different girl no i think it was the same one okay cuz she comes in and she's got those huge tits yeah, and she's she like you got to like keep uber, working out she wasn't like uber muscular like some yeah. female bodybuilders but she was doing those poses but it's like that if there was, it was just like uh, just showcasing something. They could have cut this down to probably half hour. <laughs> yeah, and it still would have been fun. Yeah, and, and you know when we were talking about Blackjack, how it was like a, it was actually a, a, a kind of supposed to be a TV pilot. Yeah. And if you cut it down, they this would have been a better oh, uh, show. To, think about this, like the agency yeah. being a Showtime original TV series. It could have yeah. been groundbreaking every week. Donna Spears fucking somebody else. <laughs> they could have a di- like different like dudes. You'd have to have Ron Moss in there, and and yeah. William Smith could be like Ron Moss's dad, <laughs> his white with white pants where you could see like his dick. Oh, and I love how I love how Sedaris like shamelessly plugs his own movies inside. Oh yeah, this with those one. posters, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, that was pretty funny. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is this is a. Uh, a classic of horrible cinema. Oh, you gotta like at least look for the funny scenes in it. But um, yeah, watch this one if you like bad movies. So <laughs> cool. Uh, let's take a break. We got a little bit of feed sack, and uh, we'll wrap things up. Be right back with the sack. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band. We destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death 
Taxes and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This uh, podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Screaming trees, everybody. All right. Uh, let's see. I'll read the first feed sack. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll leave that song playing. Oh, my screen just went to sleep. There we go. Uh, da, da, da. Got to open up the email here. We got one from Rolf. Rolf. Um, dear Loaf and Zom, man, yet another show after only one week. <laughs> Whoops. Too fast for me. Missed my feed sack on the last show. Sorry about that. Gotta say, Zom's Henry Silva impersonation got me so fucking wet. I pissed myself laughing, but it was worth every drop. Zom, you should call in on your own show pretending to be Silva and talk some shit. <laughs> I'd be very interested in Silva's daily routine. Uh... I guess he isn't working out like Sly, but I'm sure he's got something uh, something to tell. Just too bad his world-class stare and shit grin aren't working that well on an audio format like a podcast. Uh, I will do it like Zom now and ramble a bit if you don't mind. As being an elementary school teacher, our staff consists of middle-aged to aged ladies only. I don't know I don't know about the states, but here in Germany, it's 99% female teachers. Uh, it's probably like that here for elementary school. Uh, imagine my days at work. Erg. No chance of doing the Silva and Gold Talk or anything slightly related. Their taste in movies is so shit if they watch them at all. <laughs> Somebody asked me about fucking Theory of Everything today. This really sucks. Today, we had to go on our annual teacher trip. After having some quote-unquote fun time at the Holocaust Museum. <laughs> I'm German, but not a Nazi, by the way. We got mostly rid of those fuckers. Yeah, we did um, some <laughs> yeah, colleague they all came ha- here. Yeah, some colleague had us going uh, to a country slash golf club sitting, uh, sitting in the burning sun, eating some expensive shit I didn't even know existed, and had to listen to some seriously fucked up ladies talk. Fuck that. I don't care about their sex life or if their kids are in puberty. It's all female power in my job, and I don't even dare to decorate my classroom desk silver and gold style with some J&B. School politics. Fuck that too. So that's how interesting my life is, and 
uh, as I have survived this fucking day, I want to reward myself asking the dynamic duo some questions. So, as you are in favor of some facial hair, here's my question. Most awesome beard in cinema history. Top five, please. Uh, for me, or really, he's about facial hair. For me, it's about looking cool with a beard or stash. So nothing like fucking lately discussed Malcolm McDowell and Time After Time, which I watched lately. Just look at that DVD cover. His stash in that one made him look like a fool, but Mary Steenburgen still fell for him, as in real life, which is the most convincing part of that movie. And got so wet that McDowell had to wipe the floor she was standing on. <laughs> so, cool facial hair. Or, oh boy, uh, Geichsenfotzen, as we say in German, which would translate to face cunt in English, I would guess. Face cunt? Yes. All right. This song's over. Uh, number five, Wilford Brimley. The walrus beard. Had to be born with that thing. I just can't imagine him without it. Sam Elliott, the obvious choice. Got to have a wild card in any hair-related list. Tom Selleck, after the stash lost its cool after the 70s, Selleck brought him back in style. Uh, Franco Nero, best stash ever. Without it, he transforms into Terrence Hill, by the way. Bud Spencer, number one. Talking about Hill, his partner had the coolest beard easily. As there is a food orgy at some point in all <laughs> in all of their movies, Spencer never forgets to feed his beard, mostly with beans. <laughs> <laughs> some of the worst beards apart from McDowell for me. Leatherface Bronson, uh, <laughs> George C. Scott in Hardcore wearing a fake porno stash, and Liam Neeson in Star Wars. His beard looks more fake than fucking Jar Jar Binks. Your turn, gents. Sweaty greetings, Rolf. Oot! All right, you got any? You got any uh, facial hair? Top five facial hairs? Oh my gosh! Um, I liked Redford with a beard in Jeremiah Johnson. That was a good that's, one. That's a full beard. Um, who else has a nice beard? Long, a big, big or just facial beard. hair? Because he did be, he did mustaches too. So. Yeah, Franco Nero and Quarrell had. Did he have a beard in that? No, he just had the mustache. Well, okay. I don't know. Okay, but I'll... I don't remember if he did or not. Franco. Well, look it up. Okay. He just had the mustache, but it was probably, you know, it, the rest, I probably got confused because he, he probably had like a, a bukkake beard. Um, God he did damn a beard it. in, um, Franco Nero had a beard in... What was Kioma? I think it was Kioma, where he played yeah, like ha- he was like half Native American. Um, I like Jurgen Prognow. Oh, oh, you're fuzzing out on me. Say that again. Uh, Say that again. I missed what you said because it was fuzzed out. Jurgen Prognow's beard in Das Boot. Okay. Because when they were on those subs, you know, once they'd been out there, they 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 didn't want to use like water because they had limited water supply so they would let their beards and mustaches grow so that was pretty cool um clint in fistful of dollars and a few dollars more kind of had that scruff like that yeah um well what's his name uh uh circle rouge that was in uh dollars and a few dollars more can't remember his name is now he always or he, I, I would recognize him. Asuka Rouge. 
Rouge. What's his name? I'm done. Samara. When you're on the air, if you can't see it, but his name was. Come on, he played Indio, and uh, you're uh, oh Jean Marie Valente. I love there you him. Go. He's cool. Um, hmm. Jeremiah Johnson did have a fucking pretty yeah. amazing beard. Liver eating Johnson. So anyway, that's about it. I mean, I I, I rack my brain enough as, as for the. Um, Franco, I gotta go Franco Nero because now I just remembered because uh, he had the mustache most of the time, and that beard in Kioma proved that he could probably fucking just grow facial hair just by, <laughs> just by standing there and thinking about it. Um, Daniel Day Lewis could grow a pretty mean mustache. We saw it in uh, Gangs of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Who are some more? Jeff Bridges had a shaggy beard in King Kong. Oh, I like. Oh, and a... he he has the pretty iconic goatee yeah. from from uh, Big Lebowski. I like um, uh, Vigo can grow a good beard when he played um, oh um, Sigmund Freud, and then when he was in that western, he had the beard with what's the little thing like the cowboys? They'd have the big handlebar mustache, but then they'd have the little triangle underneath their lip. It's like well the, the that's a flavor saver underneath flavor set yeah the soul patch is, yeah I've had that uh, Pacino had a good beard in Serpico when he be- he did became more of the hippie beard how about uh, Sean Connery could pull, rock some good facial yeah hair Sean Connery yeah. could grow a good beard yeah there's um, some beards are pathetic you know they have some pathetic <laughs> beards patchy the patchy yeah when you have the patchy and you look like a sort of like a a poor like a low budget movie werewolf like a uh, that fucking Shia LaDouche. Uh, John Hamm grows a good beard. <laughs> you know, you have been thick. Oh, uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Leonidas uh, from uh from Oh, yeah. He has a, yeah. He had a big, uh, uh, like, a uh, big, I, I love that. I liked his beard. Chuck Norris, fuck him. Goddamn weirdo. Mel Gibson, uh, even though he's a racist piece of shit. That guy can have an amazing he beard. He has a cool beard, and it, and even though it's got gray in it, it looks good. Yeah. Lots of there's there, there's lots you know you could just go down through the list. Liver awesome. Johnson. All right. I guess I named five. We're close. I would anyway. like to if I was like I would be like a the modern day Jeremiah Johnson and a pussy eating Johnson. Just have it dripping at all times. Oh god, this is another way. Why don't that? Oh, um, what about Chuck Norris? See, I don't like That's Chuck pretty- Norris. But I, I don't like Chuck Norris either. But the I like. I mean, his movies are fun. Well, the picture the I just part. saw of him. One thing that brought it down was the same thing I was talking about with uh, the Cusack with the black hair. Is now that he's <laughs> old, his and his hair is so he does it brown. But there's not one gray hair, and it just looks stupid. Oh, and he's like seventy five now. Yeah, he's but like, cocksucker. but his like so. And I think we've we've covered this before on our show. Obviously, the movies with him with facial hair seem to be better, but. Do you prefer bearded Chuck or mustached Chuck? Mustached Chuck. I mustached prefer Chuck. almost sometimes no facial hair Chuck, like uh, from really good guys from wear like black. The octagon. Um, what's his name? George Eastman has a good beard. The uh, I think I think Chuck Norris benefits from having like a lot of room between his bu- had, nose yeah, and his lips. Big big space, big lips. Because that's Bert that's what makes my, my I don't have the best mustache in the world, but it looks better because I have a I have a long snot trough, yeah, so I got a lot of room snot. to grow hair. Um, 
<laughs> I'm I'm a um I always considered myself a uh man who enjoyed um uh, let's just say I I always cons- thought of myself as being a cunning linguist. Mm-hmm. And then one time when this girl that I was dating, she was like just as wild, I mean, as fucking wild as wild could be, you know, Jesus Christ. I mean, it, other than if she wouldn't have been a whore, like with <laughs> other guys, she would have been the perfect woman uh, for me. But she came back one time uh, when she was kind of like married uh, well, a few times, a bunch. And um, I had grown like, I thought I had a, just a goatee or a beard. But then I did that, and I swear to God, there was one time where I reached up and took my hand and, like, had to wring it out. And that kind of grossed me out. I didn't like that. You know, it it wasn't even like a glazed donut. It was like if they, I I don't know, man. It was, Burt Reynolds wasn't in our list, either one of us, for whatever reason. Dang it. Yeah. All right. Uh, We got one more feed sack here. Here we go. Yep, I agree. Here we go. Hey, dorks. Uh, this is your uh, listener, Dave, from Texas. Um, I just want to tell you how much I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, uh, Red River uh, uh, One Star episode. Uh, I mean, two of really my favorite, 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 favorite films. And, uh, you know, I mean, I love the John Wayne talk. And, and, uh, and, and you know, also just talking about the searchers and everything, that always – Urge me to a certain a certain extent that, that it's you know that the the kind of racism angle for for uh, Wayne's character always comes up, but but uh, and you know I mean it's it's sure shit there, but I mean for Christ's sake, I mean he's he's he's, he's hunting a specific guy that that killed his family, so um uh, um you know it's, it's just what it is, but but that, that is one of those turning points for for uh, um, Wayne as a is a is a dramatic actor, and um, you know, and, and, and I'm I'm a fan. So, but uh, anyway, um, uh, Red River is just so so clipped is is, is so great, and uh, um, but also just with with uh, One Star, um, I, I think y'all kind of nailed uh, something really specific for me about that movie. Um, and I haven't seen it in a while, but 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 one of the things I always loved was that, that McConaughey's character um, does have that 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 he's you know he's on the fence with a whole lot of that shit too you know that, that he's he's kind of you know uh, managing uh, that that level of of, of racism or, or uh, you know just like he's just trying to keep the the, the um, societal vibe like you know or the uh, that 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 just going, you know, he's just he's just like, hey man, I'm just keeping things in place, you know. This is this, this is the structure, and this is how I'm dealing with it. Um, but it, but but it is that that uh, staging from uh, uh, from Christopherson's character to um, uh, to to McConaughey to to Cooper, and uh, you know, and, and just showing that that societal change through those those times. But guys, I I would really really love to hear y'all talk about more sales films um i know uh, um love talked about uh having um uh city men, city men i guess and um limbo um if, if you could man if y'all wanted to knock those out 
<laughs> that would be great. Um, th- th- I just, I, I mean, I adore them. And, uh, and uh, Limbo is, is, is literally one of my, one of my favorite, like kind of survival films. It's, it's, it's uh, David Trott there and just you know, making simple comments, simple comment. Like when the, all the characters are basically just realizing they're fucked, that he's like, well, I've got my knife and uh, I can, you know, I can, I can make things happen for a little while, you know, um, is, is, uh, um, is, is pretty marvelous. But, uh, anyway, um, but I mean, it's, it, I, I mean, I, I thought y'all's May one episode was, was, uh, just so incredible. And, uh, I think there's a, a, a lot to mine with John sales films for you guys. And it's always what I love about uh, the show. Um, when y'all like really sink your teeth into stuff, um, like hard ticket to Hawaii, <laughs> you know, and specifically with, I mean, you know, May one, you know, I know John's got that uh, background Who? with that area, but you know, both of us have daddy still, issues. It's the same so. thing. It's just like I mean, you recognize a great film, and you can you can you can uh, um, do it, but uh, also Men with Guns and uh, and you know even uh, Sunshine State. Uh, it, it kind of shits about at the end, but I mean. Uh, Old uh, what's her face from the Sopranos? Oh crap! I'm forgetting that actress's name. I apologize. Um, but in Tim Hutton's in it, and there's a bunch of great actors in that movie. Um, and I think that that's a legit film too. You know, I, I don't think that Sales is, is he, you know hasn't done anything real recent. But but you know, anyway, um, I would just I mean, if you guys wanted to do City Men and and uh, um, Limbo. Dude, I would be overjoyed, and and also just to say that 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 uh, your show is the high point of my week, and uh, you know I just love it. So um, hear that, that gentleman's guide. You know, I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> traffic on the group. You know, I don't know. I'm, that's, I'm I'm guilty of that too. I don't I don't I don't do it so much, but but uh, um, but uh, just keep going, guys, because it, it 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 makes me smile. We have to now. We've got to pay for it. So, <laughs> I love you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Fucking stuck. Thank you, this is, Dave. This is deeper. What? His voice seems deeper. He's doing the whole. He's got a real Junior Brown thing going. Yeah. I'm just doing my time on the highway patrol. <laughs> All right, that's it for Feed Sack. You can always send us such things at two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred. I swear, if somebody asked me with the, the the voicemail line like out out of the blue, I would never do it. But if I say it as part of the end of the show, it can just it just flows right out. So you got a lot of people asking for that number? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. We're just. I said horrible. if hypothetically, if someone were to ask what the voicemail number is, <laughs> oh god, our... all you have to do is keep calling in, and you won't forget it. Um. Yeah. Okay. So two. Two zero six three three nine sixteen hundredth baby, uh, silver gold podcast at gmail dot com. Leave the smackdown. Testify, daddy. And uh, join our Facebook group at facebook dot com slash group <laughs> silver and gold, silver and gold, daddy. Um, and uh, yeah, find our show on iTunes and Stitcher and our website at silverandgold dot com. I think I said that already, or did I? No. Uh, Ron Moss must have a turkey neck. He hangs. He hides it with a scarf. Yeah, he's getting old. He's sixty um, some years old now. Sixty. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, we'll announce as we usually do now what we're going to be covering for next week on the group. So that's it for me, Zon. Do you have anything else? I got no- nothing. Been a long show. Thanks everybody for listening. Until next time, this is a loaf oot and zom oot oot oot. Goodbye. <laughs>